I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. And it's all brought to you by Fair and Fair. Jill out again. She's going to be out the rest of the week. Oh, man. Sounds terrible. Sounds terrible. Terrible. Tell you, man. If you got kids in school, you got little kids, put them outside. Danger. They bring all those germs home, power spray them, boil them in some water, clean them off. Then you can bring them in the house. Not boil the kid, boil the clothing. (laughs) Well, you can do that, too. Yeah, throw some potatoes in the bathtub with them. Get some stool. It's just a a horror. I mean, so she's got like three things. Strep throat, this, that, the other thing. I don't know, some kind of uh, something with a rhea on the end. I'm not sure. What are we going to do when photos surface of her at the winery? Right all week <laughs> with Harold lounging by the pool. She's just playing AI sick Jill to you on the phone. Up there at Howie in the Hills. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll have that. You know that? Oh, AI fake sick calls? Oh, yeah. Just sample your voice. Call and yeah. Yeah, I might be catching what Jill's got. <laughs> this guy uh, didn't mean to catch this. A snake. He's a Amazon driver delivering a package to a home in Highland Reserve community. And he was... Um, Hit in the back of the leg by a snake. Bit him. Eastern Diamondback. Those things Whoa. are big. Are those, they're kind of rare around here, aren't they? I know we've got like poisonous snakes, but rattlesnakes? Yeah, we have some Diamondbacks. I, I remember yeah. I had one in my backyard. The incident happened right when the driver walked up to the door to put the package right in front of the door when the rattlesnake coiled up right in front of the door and snapped at him. Got him. He's in the hospital right now. Um... He remains in serious condition. He's going to make a full recovery. But, I mean, yeah. that's pretty scary, right? I'm always on the lookout for, like, water moccasins or, the, you know, the uh, the coral snakes. You found one of those in your yard. Yeah, it almost killed one of my cats. Luckily, he made it. Usually, no animal makes it after a coral snake bite. And what's that saying? Because there's two types. Yeah, there's a fake one. There's one that's, uh, my wife knows this. She should call, but she doesn't know what the number something is. Something about yellow and black. It's, you're dead You, you never go something. back or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's always fun nursery rhymes to keep you from getting poisoned. (laughs) Joe Biden yesterday issued a defense of American leadership abroad, and we're going to give more money to Ukraine. Why am I even reading this story? Let me just tell you the truth. Uh, 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 Support for Ukraine has dropped from 67% when we first started this whole thing, handing over billions of dollars down to 43%. So now they're getting worried. you got to imagine there's something more than what we're being told. I mean, you got to. You have to be a little suspicious. Come on now. It's ridiculous. We spend no money. Our border is be 
being there is no border. There's a huge train that was headed this way with tens of thousands of illegal migrants ready to charge the border yesterday. They closed down part of the border in Arizona. Yes, in our country, they couldn't handle the surge. How about we close it down all the time? Then there won't be a surge. Oh, God, he's making sense. Cut it out. I'm going to write your manager. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's insanity. We won't spend $2 billion to at least finish the most important parts of the wall. We'll spend $196 billion, and we're about to send them another $20 billion to Ukraine to defend their border. I keep saying that over and over again because even I can't believe it's happening. And yesterday, Zelensky was there. He was making faces while Biden was speaking. I'm sorry. I'm not a defender of Joe Biden, but I am a defender of our president, no matter who he is. You come here, we shell out billions, hundreds. Hundreds of billions of dollars to you. We don't know where the money went. There's no auditing. We have no idea. Yeah, that's right. We have no idea where the money went. I'm sure some people have become very wealthy. And sure, I'm sure some of it went to defend Ukraine. And nobody wants to see anybody be in the middle of a war like that. It's awful. But at the same time, there's a limit to everything. We have a real big economic problem in this country. And we keep doling out cash. Yesterday, I told you, our deficit hit for the first time in history. 33 trillion. Oh, yeah. That's unrecoverable. That's not sustainable. Byron Donald's got access asked, you know, about this whole thing yesterday, and he kind of went off. Uh, the first thing I'll tell you is there's no money in the house right now for Ukraine. There's just not, it's not there. Um, you mean so, there's no support for money? No. And to be blunt, we're running a $2 trillion deficit. Any money we give to Ukraine, we're borrowing from our future. That's the facts. Those are the truth. You can, anybody, you feel how you want to feel about it. I'm here to tell you what's right and what's real. Uh, I mean, look, it's not a good time for him to be here, quite frankly. Um, that's just the reality. And the third piece is what's happened with Ukraine is, frankly, the fault of leadership of Joe Biden. Let's be very clear of that. So do not, don't put that on the backs of the American people now. If we had a commander in chief who knew how to lead as opposed to take naps, then we would be in a much better situation when it comes to Ukraine and global security. Oh, God. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. Now, the thing is, is that what Byron Donalds just said, uh, there's a few truth. You know, what is going? Okay, I'm getting off the topic. I wanted to do the U.N. story, but let's go with this for now. Byron Donalds, when he says there's no more money in the house, she says, no, there's no more support for money. No, there is stupid. No more there's no more money, money in the house. What is it? What is it with these people? They think we print money. We do. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's wrong. What? Why do? Why does the media, anything that a Republican says or anybody with common sense says, they have to be contrarian about it? It's unreal. There's no more money in the house. We owe 33 trillion. Do you want that in writing? It's un. And then what's the other thing he said that, um, well, forget the end part there. The the fact that, I mean, it's kind of all on Joe Biden's lap. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the other thing. Let's say we're going to con- we're going to support Ukraine. Let's say let's go back when this whole thing started over a year ago. Well, if we're going to support Ukraine. Let's not be shy about it. Let's support them. Let's give them what they need all at once. When he asks for it, give it to him. Instead, what we do now is he asks for F-15s. Okay, six months later, first we say no. Then six months later, we give him the F-15s. He asks for tanks. Three months later, after we have all this talking in Congress, then we give him the tanks. That's not supporting somebody. You see what I'm saying? We're sitting on the fence. People are dying, and we're dragging our feet. Or we don't help them at all. Pick one. 
You know, you can't please everybody. It's unreal what's going on in Ukraine. And they're going to continue. You'll watch today on your local TV station uh, with the giggling news girl, probably about 21, graduated from community college. You're going to send 20 million more to Ukraine. Isn't that nice? See my Ukrainian flag upside down because I don't know anything about the world. Wow, encapsulized a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're not wrong. Anyway, so Biden was at the U.N. yesterday. you got to help me with this. Um, he did a bunch of platitudes and then a bunch of garbage that politicians say. He doesn't even know what he's... Dude, you can see it in his face. He's gone. He, he is not a clue. gone. He's reading from a teleprompter. Uh, there's two screens to his left and his right. And his head. Now he doesn't even pretend to look at the audience. It's really sad. I don't feel that bad for him. He shouldn't be there. Anyway, help me out with this. This is him. He opened up pretty well yesterday at the U.N. This is the whole world watching, by the way. We don't take it seriously here. We're so complacent. This is a big deal for the rest of the world. All world leaders were watching this because guess what? The most prominent world leaders were at this thing. And Joe Biden is the most powerful man in the world, unfortunately. But here he is opening up. We have to make sure we're delivering for people everywhere, not just somewhere, everywhere. Simply put, the 21st century, 21st century results are badly needed. They're needed. He sounds like a first grader trying to read through a book report that his parents wrote for him. <laughs> I mean, this is... I'm sorry. This is really embarrassing for us. It really is. Run that again. The 21st century. Yeah. 21st century results yeah. are badly needed. They're needed to move us along. I, I don't know what to say. Here, let's just keep going. Let's see. Um, first of all, this is... Um, I don't know what he's talking about here. That's what I need help with. Here we go. I mean, as we evolve our institutions, drive creative new partnerships, let me be clear. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Okay, I thought it was going to be clear. <laughs> you can actually, I'll do this in just a second. We'll slow it down. You can hear the audience laughing. They're laughing at us. Anyway, what did he say there? Uh, something about, I heard the word century, and then let me be clear, and then he was not clear. All right, let me, uh, let me see. Can I slow this down? I mean, as we evolve our institutions. That part. We'll start with the beginning there. What did he say there? Let me, let me something play. Something about organizing institutions? Let me slow it down. I mean, as we evolve our institutions. You still don't get it? Uh, I'm still I'm picking up institutions. What's the beginning? Well, I put it through the audio demangler Plexor 5000, and a team of uh, audiologists have been studying the piece, and I think we cracked it. Um, even as we evolve our institutions, even as we evolve our institutions is the first part. Even as we evolve our institutions. Oh, okay. All right, let's get to the second part here. Even as we evolve our institutions. Drive created new partnerships. Okay, and drive to create new partnerships. It's all political gobbledygook, but I like to know what he said. Yeah, it's so when he mushes them all into one word, it's kind of hard to tell. So even as we evolve our institutions and drive to create new partnerships, go ahead. Drive created new partnerships. Let me be clear. Do you hear the laughing in there? This Everyone's is like, let me be clear, okay. This is slowed down. They're laughing. The Chinese delegates, there's two of them there. They're, they look like they're 12. Uh, they're laughing at us. Okay, anyway, listen, listen. Be clear. You hear the laugh? They're laughing at us. Well, I mean, I'm laughing at them. 
<laughs> All right, go on. Let me be clear. I love, I, they're laughing at us. It's amazing. Certain principles are in the national system are sacrosanct. Okay, what do you say there? Certain principles in our, our something system are sacrosanct or sacrosanct. Certain principles of our internet. I'm reading it off the uh, the um, audio demangler per flexor 5000. Uh, certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. Okay. Can you do it in one word, though? <laughs> Drive created new partnerships. Let me be clear. That's that's without the slowing down of the. So, uh, do you remember when when uh, President Trump was in Germany and he was meeting with world leaders and he told them that uh, pretty soon, if you keep um, keep up selling Russia oil. I mean, buying Russia oil, Russian oil, uh, they're going to use that energy to put a wedge against Germany and the rest of Western Europe. And everybody started laughing at him. And, and the media went nuts going, they're laughing at him because he's a bozo. And then it all of a sudden, a few months later, became true. Yeah. That's not the reason to laugh at a Biden. <laughs> but he's just out. This guy needs to go take take a nap. And I'm committed to working through this institution and other international bodies and directly with leaders around the world, including our competitors, to ensure we harness the power of a, a, uh, artificial intelligence for good. You see right there, he did the right thing. He took the exit ramp. Instead of trying to fight the AI thing, because he didn't know what he, he doesn't know what AI is. No. No, but, but instead of trying to fight the two letters, you know that, because uh, I think Kamala said they're two letters, AI. I think she said that. Is that it? Cleared it up for me. But uh, he went right to artificial intelligence. So that was good. Maybe the medicine kicked in. He's artificially intelligent. But he was, <laughs> so he was there at the UN and right after he got done. But I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> See, that's hard. That's really hard to listen to. Yeah. I mean, he's not the only one doing that, which is unfortunate. But, you know, we got a, a Fetterman who's doing the same thing the other day. Oh, God, yeah. So my message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, you know to, to, yacht, to, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> These are our leaders, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no. Oh, my God. Where was that from? No, never mind. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We'll get to him a little bit here. So, I don't know if you know who Nicole Wallace. She's on MSNBC. She's the one that's always forever crying, and she's got a lot of angst, and she's she's very teary all the time, and it's always, everything is just falling apart, and it's horrible. And she runs the show Deadline. Uh, it's on Fridays. Uh, this time, the discussion of the... Um, uh, this was the gag order that uh, Jack Smith, that's the uh, prosecutor in all the Trump cases, wants to uh, enforce a gag order on Donald Trump where he you know, can't talk. Good luck with that, by the way. You're going to have to get a real gag bowl because <laughs> I don't think the piece of paper is going to do it. Uh, maybe not. But um, Nicole Wallace, in her crying, teared up stupor, offered a dire warning about what this, where this country's headed. Are you ready? Hold on to something because we're in big trouble, according to Nicole Wallace. People say privately all the time and not on TV all very often, something really bad is going to happen. Okay? It's about to hit the fan in this country. Fox News had to veer away from a lunatic spewing hatred and death threats for Democratic officials in New York because of the migrant caucus. Everyone is on 
uh, I don't even know the word. Everyone is knows that we're walking into something hideous and no one will do anything. I refuse to believe that nothing can be done. These are people getting their information in part because of the vacuum being created by people with, I don't even know if we call it a spine anymore. That might be an insult to spines. I see. And she's also referring to, of course, the uh, what she said in the middle there was about New York and how there's a lot of upset people about the immigrants. Well, yeah, hello. These are Democrats that are upset. It's not Republicans now. You're talking about your own up in New York City where they're living in a nice neighborhood in Staten Island, living in Queens in a nice walk up. And all of a sudden their kids can't go to the park anymore across the street to the soccer field because the government took over it and made a tent city and took over the facilities and made them housing for illegal people and gave them $2,200 when they got here, a phone, a Kamala Harris book. Shipped him to New York and made a bed for him, and then gave him some cocoa before they went to sleep. And yeah, they cuddled nice. with him and gave him a little teddy bear that says "Welcome, illegal." Can I get that? If if I leave and come back, do I get that? I mean, your own mayor, a staunch Democrat. This issue will destroy New York City. And you're helping, Nicole Wallace. But there are still people out there with followings. He can go out and, and here's here's what I want to ask you. When something happens, what do you want to be able to tell your kids and grandkids you did? You good with nothing? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. That's clever. That's really creative, Nicole. Why don't you stay on MSNBC where you belong? Mm-hmm. You good with, I didn't do anything because I didn't think anyone would listen to me. Trump tweeted something mean about me someday. Because you did something. I tried to do something. Where are all of the Republicans who still have little slivers of a following in the cesspool that is the MAGA base? Let me tell you something. This is a little bit of history for you, okay? She's the quintessential useful idiot. Um, That's not me talking. That's a term that was used by the Soviet Union, Russia, uh, right after the Bolshevik Revolution, right after the Russian Revolution. Politicians, and the Germans used it too. Politicians use dumb people like her. Then she thinks she's got the inside. You know what I mean? She's she's part of the part of the party inside. Mm-hmm. They love her. She loves them. They're going to take care of her once the revolution's over. And the minute the revolution's over, and they win, and this is history, she gets fired. They won't answer her calls. And if she knows too much, she'll mysteriously disappear. Mm, yep. And the communists, this was star, started with Stalin. He coined the phrase in 1961. The phrase they use for people like Nicole Wallace is useful idiot. See? Because she thinks she's part of it. She's like, I tried to do something. It's crazy. But there you go. Yeah, that's the thing. It's Everybody speaks you know, highly of the system until it goes against them, and then suddenly it's a problem. But it always does. It always does. Yep. Sooner or later. Communism sounds beautiful and peaceful and joyful and social justice right before it is implemented. And once it's implemented, just like before, 100 million people plus died because of communism. Oh, no, no. They, were, they weren't shot with guns. They were, I mean, they were shot with guns, but not in a war. They were executed. Why? Because of their political ideology. And it's coming to that in this country. Think about it. Think about the stuff you hear from the, the left's mouth. I mean, Nancy Pelosi calling... Trump supporters, maggots. Hillary Clinton say they're, what did he, she call them back deplorables. in the, Deplorables. Deplorables. Bucket of deplorables. I mean, that kind of hate speech? You want to talk about hate speech? 
I mean, I still don't think we should criminalize it. I think that's part of freedom of speech. But that kind of hate speech soon leads to actual violence. Violence is what communism is enforced with. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the guy that wrote a Gulag Archipelago, one of the books that took down the Soviet Union. Like that... That guy, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, was a big commie proponent. That story is incredible. Once he gets locked up in the gulag and he has a chance to sit there and think about everything, he's like, wait a second. I was on the wrong side the entire time. Writes this whole book in his head. And then once he finally gets out of the gulag, puts it to paper and then boom. Yeah. And he was one of the biggest proponents. Oh, I know. That's how that shift works. Everybody's all about it until they're the ones in the gulag. But they're working hard, man. They're propagandizing everything in our universities. The kids come out of college. They're already communists. You got to fight that. But nobody... See, here's here's the dark beauty for them that they see is... We're complacent. Back to that. We don't do anything. We think they go to college and, yeah, you got some woke professors, but my kid's not going to buy that crap. Or maybe they'll grow out of... No, they're working harder than hell. Harder than ever. To indoctrinate your kids and you're paying for it and you're not paying any attention to it. That's how it all happens. Anyway, uh, to New Hampshire for a second. New Hampshire father two has died after an incident at Gillette Stadium during the weekend, the New England Patriots game Sunday. He was punched in the face, knocked unconscious, hit the ground, has died. Dale Moody was his name, 53 years old, was treated at the scene, but EMTs took him to the hospital and he was DOA. So... They, they're calling it a medical event, but it sounds to me like he hit the ground pretty damn hard. And uh, the autopsy is going to be done, and we'll see what happens. The other guy, this is a Buffalo Bill Stadium. We told you about him yesterday. After the game, he was missing. They found him in a pit, a construction pit, where the new stadium is being built, naked. Naked? And then we just thought, and then at the, remember the bottom of the story said, alcohol may be involved. Well, they updated the story. Alcohol and what else? Oh, my God. The officials said the man was under the influence of a mixture of drugs, alcohol, LSD, cocaine, marijuana, and some we can't identify yet. Yeesh. He didn't fall in. He actually scaled a 10-foot fence. 10 feet. That's quite a fence. Wow. And you got a lot of uh, chemical assistance. (laughs) And dove into the site. See, in his mind, it looked like a ball pit. From the play place at McDonald's? <laughs> yep. He landed on a porta potty and was covered in human excrement. <laughs> oh, excrement. I'll tell you what, yeah. man. I hope somebody took a pick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, can you imagine your mugshot? Finally, uh, former White House chief medical advisor, former Dr. Anthony Fauci and his wife, Christine Grady, reported a net worth of more than $11 million after he retired as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. This happened, of course, at the end of last year. National Institutes of Health Determination report obtained by Fox Digital showed Fauci 81 and Grady holding $11.5 million in assets. Where did he make most of his money? I don't know. You want to guess? Or shall I just tell you? The biggest increase of his net worth, $5 million, happened between January 2019 and December 2021. How? Oh, I don't know. What was he pushing then? Let's see. Vaccinations, mandates, getting people fired if they don't take the vaccine. Hmm. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show 
Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Yep. Um, and that was a very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. Well, wait a minute. Were you going to shut it down or not shut it? Is this like the mask thing? Wear the mask, don't wear the mask? Yeah, which is it? I don't know. This guy's something else, but he's got $11.5 million. What is he going to do with all that? Welcome back to America's favorite game show, Win Dr. Fauci's Money. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Win Dr. Fauci's Money, the game where people answer questions to try to win my millions of dollars. Cindy, it's your turn. Let's do this, Dr. Fauci. All right. For $1 million, should you wear a mask? Uh, yes. No, try again. Uh, no, you shouldn't wear a mask. Wrong. Of course you should wear a mask. But you just said I shouldn't wear a mask. I never said you should wear a mask. I said you should, but not should. Should wear a mask and don't. Do and don't. Huh? I couldn't have been clearer. Masks are bad. Good. Wear one. Don't wear one. Mask. No mask. Masky mask. Not a mask. Do yes. Don't. No. Yes. Don't. Stinks to be you. You don't get my money. Game show's over. Join us next time for another round of Win Dr. Fauci's Money. The Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Yeah. Having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, Jill's out today, but it's filling in Smokenstein. Yep, I reckon. It's all brought to you by All Electric Services. Ah, oh, Prince William. He was in New York yeah, for the Earthshot Summit. He decided to go on a run, and no one noticed him. I didn't notice him because I, he lost the rest of his hair, so I didn't notice him at all. I, I was like, who's that? Yeah, no, I love the headline. Prince William jogs in Central Park, and no one notices. But that's, you know, that's the case in New York. Everybody's paying attention to themselves, yeah. and you're just walking, looking down because you're so depressed to be there that uh, you don't notice anybody around you. That's the best part about New York, though, one of the things I liked about it. People mind their own business. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. They do. Stay out of the way. I remember when, uh, who was the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? Dan Marino used to say that his favorite place was New York, not because of the city, only because everybody left him alone. He was so, guy's so conceited. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Vanna White. Yeah. Oh, Vanna. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Seacrest. 
Of course, the new host of Wheel of Fortune. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. Which which Ryan Seacrest robot is this? Number five? Yes. Because he has too many jobs. There's no way one man can do all that. I'm convinced they got little robot Ryan Seacrest they keep in a closet. One for the East Coast, one for the West Coast. Hey, if you have good teeth, you can be anyone you want to be. You can go far. <laughs> you sound like somebody selling veneers. That's about it. Well, uh, Vanna White has reached a deal with ABC to continue co-hosting Wheel of Fortune through the 25-26 season. I want her job because she didn't have to turn anything over any longer. Yeah, she just pushes the button now. Yeah, there's nothing to be done. And, uh, you know, she didn't really even have to push the button. Somebody backstage can do it. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that meeting where they're like, all right, we're going to make the numbers digital and we'll, the letters will just... But wait a minute, what am I going to do? Well, Veda, we don't really need to do anything. The number, you know, the letters just kind of populate themselves. So, yeah, um, Ryan Seacrest says, I hope for nothing more than to be able to walk out on stage and host with her. He really wanted her to host with him. Really? Yeah. Really, Ryan? Oh, knock it off. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, poor Vanna. What do you mean, poor Vanna? She doesn't do anything. She goes across the street and gets drunk with the host every day. I don't know if Ryan does. I don't know if Ryan drinks. Does he drink? I because don't her, know. And, her and what's his face used to go out. I tell the story all the time because we were across the street from the studio where they did Wheel of Fortune and we worked. And every day at two o'clock, I'd go over there, you know, just to prep and everything. And I'd see Vanna White and um, what's his face drinking margaritas. I mean, those big tubs of margaritas. You think she'll try to initiate Ryan Seacrest into that little? I don't think Ryan's a drinker. I tradition. I went and then out, he shows up drunk for his first taping and then she's the host I did dinner with him and his entourage several times and he never I think he drank sparkling water does he say anything yeah he's just very it's very he's very simple he's hi a, Ryan yeah. Seacrest that's it that's about it that's that you don't discuss much else other than that he'll talk I, about he'll talk about Hollywood he'll talk about his dad because his dad's the uh, the lawyer the Hollywood lawyer who pretty much you know, built him. He seems like the kind of guy that like doesn't turn it off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think there's anything turned on. I think what you see is what it is. He's really? Liked, he's like, yeah, he's like that off air, on air. This he's, is just how I am. Yeah, he's not. You know, it's, he's like Doug Luzader. I don't know if you ever know, seen Doug Luzader. Oh, the correspondent on uh, the news there. Well, it's an animatronic. It's not a real person. Hi, I am Luzader, but. Yeah, that's basically what he is. I, I mean, state the obvious, and you can say it back in different words. Nice enough guy, but hmm. very, uh, very uh, programmed. Interesting. I'll be curious to see how that looks. You oh, know what it does to him? Look what happened to Drew Carey when he took over the prices right. Oh, God, Drew Carey, man. Oh. That was scary when they tried to make him look like Bob Barker right off the bat. Yeah. That was really weird. But anyway. Uh, Pringles has a new collaboration, and uh, it's with a caviar company. Yeah, that's right. Pringles and caviar, as though you could have, like, those are two opposite ends of the spectrum for me. Mm -hmm. You know, you got fancy fish eggs, and then you got pretend potato chips. But I guess TikTok has been, like, a huge driver of this trend. Um, it, they're, they're announcing a collaboration with the caviar company on a limited edition uh, kit that allows you to eat caviar and Pringles. I mean, allows you. Just take a Pringle and dip it in the caviar. What do you mean? I guess, but I don't know. 
They got three different varieties of the kit. $49, $110, and $140. So I don't know if that's because of the caviar, probably, or if, you know, one of them's got pizza Pringles. Or that would ruin the caviar. And probably the Pringle. Well, no, the Pringle, that's just, that's just a piece of cardboard. Tastes like a piece of cardboard. Anyway. No, I don't eat caviar. What do you do? You eat no, a little could, spoon or you put little, it on a cracker? What do you do? Yeah, little fish eggs. You know, uh, um, you know, expensive caviar. I've, I think I've tasted it once, but the uh, the fish eggs you get at the sushi place. They're not caviar, but they're, you know, salty. eat the fish eggs? Yeah. You eat them on a spoon or you put them on a cracker? No, they're on a piece of sushi. They're on a, on a little roll or something or on a, you know, sushi sashimi. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not much of a fish egg guy. My computer teacher in seventh grade used to, because I was his aide, mm-hmm. instead of having me do computer sp- stuff, which I was there for, he's like, yeah, I got to go salmon fishing, so I need you to tie these little sacks of salmon eggs to help populate the river. God, I love salmon. So anyway. I just sit and tie salmon eggs all day. Um, DoorDash. These stories get weirder and weirder. I'm, I'm about ready to never have anything delivered to my house ever again. Because uh, you, you get so many people that are eating the food that they're supposed to drop off. But in this case, uh, the, the delivery was the weird thing. This lady, she orders food from DoorDash and the driver drops the food off and then vandalizes her house. So uh, she wrote, writes on Reddit, or on Reddit, Reddit that uh, he wrote 514 above her garage in permanent marker. And what does it mean? I don't know. It was in the middle of the day. The security, uh, she's got security video, and it shows the driver who, you know, he's, um, he comes up, and he grabs a marker, and he starts yeah, writing yeah, 514 on the top. Of, I was at, like, her address, and he was trying to make it more visible. I'm looking at the article, and it says that, um, she says, why did my dasher write 514 on my house? And uh, some people are speculating, like, the police department thought, okay, that might be a marker, so... People can go by and rob your house later on. What's her address? Uh, Maybe he couldn't see the number and he was frustrated. And so finally he went and just. Yeah, I don't know. The the comments here are ridiculous. It says it's called the availability heuristic. It would be confirmation bias if this person sought out information to support the love hatred. What is is everybody smoking crack? What's going on here? Sometimes you can ask the Internet and get a great answer. Other times you ask the Internet and you just get garbage. Well, I'm looking. This is her post. Yeah, it says the Reddit, the the most uh, overused, the most comment here is that this is a sign that you're going to be robbed. Well, if everybody knows that, why would you mark a house? That way you know that they're coming to rob you. You've already informed the police. Yeah, but if you knew, my guess is it's maybe her address, and the guy got frustrated because he couldn't find which house it was. And then to just be a jerk, he writes the house number and the marker on top of the garage. That's a, that's a good take. But, but we don't have her address, so we don't know. Yeah, but I don't think that's it because that would have been figured out, would have been on the post, and it would have been all over. Well, I mean, she's the one doing the post. Maybe she's too dumb to figure it out. Th- that's her house number? <laughs> okay. I mean, you never know. Wow, your theory just went out the door. Okay. <sighs> you know what else is going out the door for me? Apple. I'm about ready to switch back. I've had enough. Go ahead. Well, because they come out with their new Apple iPhone 15, and it's got the USB-C, finally, like every other phone's had for years, because it's a better cable, you get more data transfer, more power, they had to use it on half the MacBooks, half the iPads, and now, just now, they finally decided, all right, fine, I guess we'll play ball, and nobody will have to use our lightning cables anymore. So now they're like, well, you got to do something uh, special with your lightning cables. You got to do something with them because it's e-waste. 
We can't have e-waste. It's e-waste. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't worry. Apple has a solution for you. Um, they've got a $29 USB-C to lightning adapter. Oh, boy. So now after you've bought their proprietary cable, you can buy their adapter to now fit the cable that everybody else has been using. For twice the price. I see. Ready for the most versatile product ever? Then get ready for the old iPhone Lightning Cable. Yes, if you're looking for things to do with your iPhone Lightning Cable, you're in luck. Use your Lightning Cable to jump rope. Okay, but can I use it to charge my phone? Need a belt? Then use the Lightning Cable. Hold your pants up with this state-of-the-art Lightning Cable. But can I charge my phone with it? Want to get naughty in the bedroom? All you need is a Lightning Cable and your own imagination. You'll never run out of ways to use your old iPhone Lightning Cable. Yeah, but can I use it to charge my phone? <laughs> That's not an answer. Oh, iPhone Lightning Cables. Try them today. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Hill and Smokestack with... Man, you're really stupid in the morning, aren't you? Stupid news. Yeah, Jill's out today, but we'll do stupid without her. <laughs> well, we usually never have a problem with that. All right, this baby was born with 14 fingers and 12 toes. Oh! Parents of the baby, born in India with 26 fingers. They're calling her a re reincarnation of a Hindu goddess. The young girl who was born at a hospital in Barafu or Barafar in the northern Indian state of Rajasthan has seven fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, while doctors have described her condition as a genetic anomaly, which happens time from time to time. Her family rather report her and are very delighted to do so, calling her the reborn, reborn version of Dalhasgarth Devi, or a well-known local deity whose temple is near where she was born. She is a goddess, and people are lined up to visit her. Dude. God. Really? Seriously? I mean, that's what I'm going to do. If I get a skin tag, I haven't had one yet. If I get a skin tag somewhere, I'm going to say I'm just reincarnated goddess. Yeah, but that's, that's different than 14 fingers. Okay. I'd at least get a job in something administrative. Secretary, think how fast you could type. Coding? <laughs> 14 fingers. Wow. Let's see. We have. So she has two extra on each. Let me see. She has 14 fingers? No. 14 fingers. Oh, wow. So that's two on each hand. Extra. Now they, I'm saying. You know, like, we hear that. Just type a million miles an hour. Yeah, but we hear that stuff, and usually extra body parts are not functional. Okay, even if one of them doesn't work, you got three others. Like you got your nipple under your arm. You're, you see these people have extra nipples. They come in, and you're expecting a full nipple, and you end up with this little thing that looks like a mole. See, I did a show once where we asked people to come up with extra body parts. You have a missing one. Your belly button's gone now. That, yeah, but that was not artificial. That was due to surgery. And but it, still. Yeah. You think I could become a god of something? I mean, I don't know. You, you could convince somebody you're an alien. The Look. god of the hidden hole. No belly button. Kristen Drysdale is a journalist in Australia who just welcomed a new baby into the world. Don't know if she was trying to have fun if she really meant it, but you have to run your name through the registry there in Australia. It's called the Wales Registry of Births. So uh, she ran the name Methamphetamine Rules <laughs> for the baby. That's that's the baby name she went and, with? Yeah, and they returned it immediately. She got a birth certificate with the name Met, Met, uh, Met, uh, Meth Rules. No. Yeah, the registrar now says they've strengthened their system, but it does lead to the question of why someone would want to name their baby that. Drysdale says she was researching for a story where the answer... Uh, where she, they answered the burning question from their viewers, what can I legally name my baby? And she thought, well, I'll give it a shot. 
They said it was an oversight. It'll never happen again. It's outrageous. And they are accepting normal names to change it to immediately. Now, I wonder if they can force force her to change the name of her baby now. I don't know. But either way, I mean, you're doing it just to see if they would do it. I guess so. Methamphetamine rules. Poor baby. (laughs) Kind of just picked a whole path for him with that, didn't you? Yeah, right. All right. So in the same Ohio River Valley where the Wright brothers pioneered human flight will soon be the place where they're manufacturing cutting edge electric planes. They're actually taxis. What could go wrong? Flying taxis. Compromised the public trust. That's right. That's exactly what they did. No, here it is. Flying taxis. Hundreds of flying taxis are bringing a 100 to manufacturing 325 million jobs. Why are you, are you skipping ahead there? We don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's some the Wright brothers fundamentally changed the way we live and travel. And we have the ambition that our aircraft will do the same. The flying taxis are designed to hold one pilot and four passengers and can travel at speeds up to 200 miles an hour. Oh. They have a 100-mile range, too. Jabby, Ohio, plans to be operational by 2025. Okay, this is just like the electric vehicles where we jump the shark and we introduce a product that the infrastructure surrounding it is not ready for. You know, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I know these people. I, I know when you hear these stories and you hear of a corporation that has the, that kind of funding to build... Uh, taxis, lots of them with drone-like propellers, which means there's a lot of expensive technology involved. I mean, it's I think it's six propellers. Oh, dude, that's just so dangerous, especially when you have, like, the electric motor, which is instant torque. Like, it's just instant go. I mean, you've seen those FPV drones? Yep. And how fast they go? Like, listen to this thing. Tell me if you'd get on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. That's zero to 200 kilometers an hour in one second. So these six motors pivot once it gets on the air, much like that. Uh, what's that military craft that are, are pretty much was a rotten idea? The ha- Oh, the, the, the Havala Havalan. It's got the big propellers on each side yeah. and they like it rises and then goes forward. And it goes thing. helicopter and then it goes plane when it gets in the air. This thing does the same exact thing. The, uh, the uh, propellers pit, pivot forward the six propellers, and then you fly like an airplane. But it's not even that. Let's say it's completely safe. It's the traffic in the sky. Yeah, how do you keep track of that? That all of a sudden you're going to introduce thousands of small planes into an already crowded airspace? It's, it's, it's insane. Well, here's the thing. If they're all hooked up to the same network, they can kind of fly in concert with each other when you have an AI run the whole thing. You ever seen the drone show that Intel does? Yeah, I've seen part of it. But the thing is, is that this has to integrate with the air traffic control network, which, by the way, is so antiquated. You know, there's something where we can use AI. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the most stressful jobs in the country, and it doesn't last very long, is air traffic controller. The stress these people go through. Oh, yeah, because you you, you got to be responsible for what height, how fast, where they're going, what direction. And then you realize they're all filled with people. Kind of adds a little bit of stress onto your plate. Just a little bit, man. I applied for that. I was I was too old. You had to, you have to apply before you're thirty. What? Yeah, at least where I was, I was in uh, California when this happened. And you have to apply before you're thirty. They won't take you. They won't take you in the training. Oh, I wish they do that for president. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and finally. Uh, this was a small story about a year ago, but now it's become a big story because the problem's becoming bigger and bigger. <laughs> These huge invasive snails 
taking advantage of our hot weather, and it's getting worse this year, of course, because we've been hotter than we've been in a long time. Are these the African ones? Yeah, these are the huge snails from other parts of the world that end up coming here. They're shipped as pets, and then they, you know, they do what nature does. Nature uh, 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 finds a way. And they multiply, and now these you could be... That you could be gardening your garden, and uh, they like they like uh, like moist, warm soil and plants that cover them. And oh. they get in there, and you reach in, and all of a sudden you reach in, and there's this huge, big, slimy, gooey snail. That's sweet, sticky, icky. That's right. Jacksonville State University zoologist that specializes in freshwater invertebrate and biodiversity uh, says that we have a lot of diversity in our freshwater, and now these snails have come in, and just like the pythons in the Everglades, they're a problem. Uh, well, I mean, the we got some downstairs, but I don't think they're the giant African ones. Well, let's see if you have the measurements. They're as wide as the size of an adult hand with a oh. unique brown lined shell, and they make for a charismatic terrarium pet, and are available for sale on websites like Amazon. You could actually go buy these. They're charismatic? Yeah. Did you know that there's a multi-billion dollar wildlife trafficking business going on in Florida? Really? Yep. That's how they got here. What? Who's trafficking snails? You just open your trench coat. Hey, you see what I got here? I got African snails over here. I got other aquarium pets. What do you want? Oh, gross, man. It's, yeah. I, it's I just gooey. There's a calamity terrorizing Florida. It's giant snails. <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to come out of your shell. Save yourselves. Everyone, walk away. Slowly walk away. No garden is spared from the giant snails that keep on coming inch by inch. Oh, my gastropod. And there's only one way to stop them. Grab the table salt. Quick. I mean... Take your time, you know, when you get a chance. Giant snails coming eventually. Time to make some escargot. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny FM. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Jill and Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. And it's all brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. Okay, we got some good stuff here. And just uh, caught me lining up the stories. Hang on one second. Let's see. He's lining them up like rockets. You want to get the, uh, let's get the, um, hang on. Let's get the uh, local stuff out of the way first, because that's always gruesome. What is it about? What is it about local news? You know, national news, yeah, it's about politics and there's, you know, recalls and there's stuff like uh, the flying taxis we just talked about. But local news is shooting, 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 pervert, pervert, shooting, pervert, shooting, pervert. Oh, and Disney tickets going up. It's like it doesn't stop. Well, you know, there's there's other stuff, too. We have cutesy stories. We do? Yeah. Like um, Orlando okay. Mayor Buddy Dyer's Creative Village. 
That's uh, what going- about those little electric swan cars? Okay. Those are fun. That's not interesting. All right, police in Altamont Springs are investigating a shooting that happened uh, Monday night at an apartment complex. They were called to Villa Del Mar Apartments. It's right here at 11.30 p.m. Monday night. It appears both subjects were in some type of argument and the shots were fired. It appears that both subjects were in some type of argument and then gunshots were heard. Um, and unfortunately, they were pronounced deceased. Investigators can't say what the argument was about, only that it ended with two deaths. Police suggesting violence is never the answer. If there is any issues, domestic or with anything, seek counseling. Uh, there's a lot of help out there um, for, for individuals, um, couples counseling or just counseling overall. <laughs> Get them all, lock them up, lock them up, get them all, get them all, lock them up, perverts. Criminals, lock them up, lock them up, criminals, lock them up, get them all, perverts. All right, a woman was taken into custody Monday. She's accused that uh, she sexually abused a 13-year-old girl. What is going on? Osceola County Sheriff's Department said that. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. Deputy said around 9 a.m. on Monday they got a call in Kissimmee about a child being sexually battered. A release shows that upon arrival at the house, deputy found a 13-year-old girl who told him she had been molested by a 28-year-old woman. Later identified as Susanna Tamayo Vieira. What the hell? Didn't she also like try to give her drugs or something too, I think? Yeah, she was vape smoking something and... Uh, she was also in trouble. She offered a beer about a month ago. What? <laughs> I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. All right, so the impeachment inquiry begins next week. Um, now, this is just the meeting to see if we're allowed to ask questions about being uh, impeaching Biden. This somehow will ease the uh, process of getting answers to a lot of uh, you know questions about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's business with it, each other. I know they, I know. You some- want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's mostly boring stuff. I've read this article, but basically what it does is just raise it just a little bit so they can subpoena some documents. They already got an unbelievable amount of evidence. You know what's funny? I'm going to give you a little example of how the media just that this is not this is not journalism. It is not journalism. I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're from. You must admit that. The preponderance of media in this country no longer reports the news. They work for one party or the other. That's what they do. And unfortunately for the government. Well, the government, whatever parties, whatever the administration is at that time. I mean, you got to admit, though, even if you're a Democrat, you must admit, and it's, it's statistically valid to say this, most of the large media companies are run by liberals. Democrats. I mean, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC. It's overwhelming. You, so it, when anybody ever says, well, what about Fox News? Okay, Fox News has an audience that's microscopic compared to the big honchos. So, yeah, Fox News, another thing about Fox News, and I'm not a big, I, you know, I never watch Fox News. Every time I talk about it, I think about that. I go, you know, when, when was the last time I saw it? But the thing is, is that their audience is microscopic compared to the big networks. And the big networks still decide what public opinion, what public knowledge is going to be out there. And it's scary because every single day they're lying to you. How do you know that? How do you know? Because here's a perfect example. They don't not they don't just lie to you. They they don't they they interview people 
Like, for instance, this interview I'm going to show you with Nancy Mace right now on ABC. They interview people just like they did Donald Trump on Sunday and Meet the Depressed with Kristen Welker. And they don't let the person talk. And all they do, it's an opportunity to get a soundbite. If they get the soundbite, they can use the rest of the week. I think they get free food at their little commissary. Oh, yeah, you get an extra day off. Yeah, because they don't, they don't let the guests speak. I mean, it happened again. Here's Nancy Mace on ABC. They're talking about the impeachment inquiry. This is not a, an impeachment yet. This is just an inquiry. Like I told you, one step up. ABC News, Jonathan Carl. You see, these people used to dig for the truth. They used to hold, what, what's the phrase, hold your feet to the fire? They used to hold yeah. politicians' feet to the fire, our leaders. Yeah, you were, all, you were almost a part of the checks and balances system. That's exactly what they were. They're not any longer. Now they're shills for the Democrat Party. This is Nancy Mace, a Republican. I'm not a fan, but she saw the evidence. She went and sat down with Comer and with McCarthy, and they looked over the evidence, and she's convinced. Was this premature uh, going all the way with an impeachment inquiry? I don't believe so. The facts are everywhere. There are text messages. There are emails. There are witnesses. There are whistleblowers. There are meetings. There are phone calls. There are dinners. Yeah, all that stuff they already have. It's paperwork. It's banks. I'm not going to repeat it. It's everything that she said there is. There is. That's solid evidence. So there is a reason for an impeachment inquiry. They drag their feet because a lot of Republicans don't want to do this. A lot of a lot of Republicans just want to get those checks in the mail from those people, just like Biden does, and not tell anybody, not not raise the dust. You know what I mean? Don't don't walk around the litter box. The dust gets in the air. Litter box reference because I have a lot of cats. Uh, it makes sense to me. All right, so Nancy Mace goes on and listen to the dopey Jonathan Carl, the journalist. Significant sum of money. We are talking about bribery, and in the Constitution, I mean, Article Two, Section Four, I mean, that no, is the basis there, for impeachment. There, there's no evidence. It was the, she, just, she just listed all the evidence. She yeah. just listed the bank accounts, the texts, the emails, the IRS whistleblowers, testimony from uh, Hunter Biden's best friend Devin Archer, photographs of Joe with Hunter Biden's business partners after he said a million times since he was running for president, he said, "Oh, I have nothing to do with my son's business." Liar. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Nancy. The, it was the fourth estate. It was the media journalist when Nixon was going down that helped do that investigation, helped bring down the president when uh, they when he broke the law. Because that president was a Republican. This has been going on for decades, yes. but it's now it's at a peak. It really is at a tipping point. And, you know, you guys want to deny that there's evidence. It's everywhere. And All the right. bank records will prove it out. All right. We will see. Uh, I haven't seen much yet. <laughs> What it's, do you mean we will it see? Is, it is unreal. There's a laptop full of evidence. How many eyewitnesses and business partners have to come forward? But then, but then I'm going to take you back a few years when Donald Trump was the president, just became president, and an entire manufactured story about Russian collusion paid for and delivered by Hillary Clinton. Every media outlet embraced it like it was absolute fact. And the guy who led the charge against Donald Trump was Adam Shifty Schiff. Remember him? They had no evidence. It was all fake. They knew it. The FBI knew it. The CIA knew it. In Washington, they knew it. When he took office, they knew it. And they still went ahead with it. And this guy led the charge. And they had no evidence. Compromised the public trust by betraying our nation's security sought to undermine our democratic system by seeking foreign intervention in the conduct of our elections. I would say that the founders could have little imagined that a single president 
might have done all of these things, except that the evidence has sadly proved this is exactly what this president has done. No, there was no evidence. How many times did he say he had the evidence and never did they produce any evidence? How many hearings? $40 million later, Mueller sat there, remember that, at the end of the uh, investigation of Russian collusion? That old bag sat there and, well, what do you got for us? Uh, uh, there was nothing. But no, the media embraced that. Oh, it's got to be true. Oh, it's incredible. I'll play the montage. I don't have it with me. I have to go get it at home. Yeah, it's it's wild. They're, they're, they just keep going and going and going on it. Like, we're, we're all looking at the same thing, right? Don't you guys see that? They took the instructions. They take the instructions. Every day, they talk to the White House. Every day, all these networks, they're compromised. They talk to the White House. That's collusion. And then the White House tells them, there was a letter this week. Remember that? On yeah. Monday, there was a letter from the White House telling the media how to respond to the Hunter Biden charges, the indictments for gun charges, the three gun charges. I mean, this is where we live, right? This is China. It really is. So anyway, moving I mean, on. It gets to that point where, like, they, they all start saying the same thing and they parrot the same thing. They, oh, there's no evidence. Under pressure from the far right, Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched a formal impeachment inquiry based on no evidence into President Joe Biden. And, and Republicans, Jonathan, have failed to produce any evidence. There is no direct connection yet. We don't have any evidence of that at all. Well, they hadn't come across any new evidence. <laughs> there is absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence here. There is no evidence. What? <laughs> The evidence couldn't even fit in this room. There's so much of it. They they could take a forklift and bring the dead body to 1600 Pennsylvania and drop it right there in the front there. And they would still say there's no evidence. That's a weird commie subversion thing, though. Like, didn't anybody watch 1984? As long as you keep spewing the lie, eventually people will just get beat down and believe it. And the mechanics of it is when you hear somebody like us telling you, because we're a, we're a minority, we really are, and most people won't listen to talk radio, which I don't blame you, it's pretty boring, but if you listen, to, you know, this is an unlikely place for what we're telling you for this information. But when you hear somebody like us, you go, God, these people are a bunch of kooks. What kind of conspiracy theory stuff are they spewing? Hate! I'm going to write to General Madden. But that's what, that's what goes on. That's why it's, it's, a, it's a struggle every day you get so frustrated when you realize you're telling people the truth, but to them, it's a complete fabrication on our part because we're in the minority. Yeah. And everybody from the major networks is pounding you over the head with, yeah, there's no evidence. This is the truth. When you don't realize they are the people that are guilty. They are the ones. They're part of that party. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Sound of Freedom made over $200 million dollars Nationwide, It's a movie about child trafficking. Uh, it's an amazing movie. It really is. Well, the producer of Sound of Freedom has responded because, actually, he's the director. director yeah. Because at some military base, the U.S. Southern Command was told not to screen the movie. They suddenly canceled it under what he believed were confusing circumstances. I don't know what the circumstances are that could be confusing about showing people a movie about children being trafficked for sexual purposes. I knew the politics in some way, in so many ways, divide. This is not an issue that belongs to liberals. It's not an issue that belongs to conservatives. It is a fundamental human right issue. Yeah. So the minute I start seeing these labels, it really broke my heart because yeah. it completely took a detour from the core. Oh, they just faded? Is that what happened? <laughs> 
Well, uh, it's uh, he said, I made the sound of freedom. He was talking. I don't know why that faded like that. That's weird. Well, he was just saying, you know, he doesn't want it to be such a politically divisive thing. He's like, this should be something that everybody can kind of get behind. But when you add this whole back and forth into it, you miss the whole point of the movie. I'm trying to pick up where he left off here. He said, I made the sound of freedom to raise awareness of the rampant sex trafficking in children happening throughout Latin America and into the United States. By the way, we're the number one customer. Uh, with the goal of ending this modern day slave trade, they're children. It's children. So, uh, you know, I don't understand this, and he didn't explain it there, and I don't know if he explained it after it got faded out there. So, okay. Um, oh, the Treasury Secretary was out there talking about food, prices, climate change, and global aid because the U.N. thing's going on. She was up there, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. If you don't know what she looks like, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of. Oh, I could see her with her boobs on fire <laughs> after leaning over the stove. Absolutely. Anyway, um, back when inflation hit, just before that, she had no clue it was coming. Remember that? Hey, you cut off. I don't know where the other audio is because you cut what? it off. Did you cut it off? No. All right. Well, anyway. Um, yesterday, she was at the U.N. and the Treasury Secretary pointed out um, there's no absolute reason for the U.S. government to shut down because that deadline is fast approaching. But this happens. This is a circus that happens every few months. Uh, but she's talking about if you're feeling bad about the economy, it's on you. Inflation, gas prices, interest rates, the what? rising cost of goods and services, and wages have gone down for three years in a row. Wages have, not the other things. But you just don't get it. That's what she's saying. It's you. Either that or it's the messaging from the White House that's troublesome. Maybe we're doing something wrong and trying to get the message across that you're living a dream life right now. What? It's wonderful. The economy is surging. You heard it from Joy Behar. Now here's the Treasury Secretary to tell you more. There seems to be a disconnect between the numbers we're seeing and the way people are feeling about the economy and how do you account for it? I, I agree with you that there's a disconnect and um, I don't have a simple and convincing answer, but Americans have been through a lot. The pandemic really took its toll on American families, on children, on households. Um, we are enjoying a remarkable recovery. Do you feel a remarkable recovery? knock it off. Do you feel a remarkable recovery? No. Did I, I, Do you feel like you have more money than ever before? <laughs> Is she smoking crack with Hunter? What? <laughs> oh, no, that's right. She's eating weird mushrooms in China. Yeah, you just don't get it. You just don't... That high power bill? That's a... That's, that's not... That's lower. It's lower than it's been. The gas price is near four bucks again? No, that's... Uh, come on. Biden shutting down more energy uh, industry in our, comp in our country? Is that going to cause a problem? No, it's not. It's going to make things better. You're going to buy an electric car for $80,000. You're going to be fine. Saying whatever she can to have the blame not be on her. But you're in charge of the treasury, lady. You're the one printing all the extra money that dilutes everything we currently have and why stuff costs so much. Yeah, it causes inflation. So anyway, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire here uh, about two years ago, she uh, she's very reliable when she predicts something. She didn't see the inflation coming. Really? Um, look, I, I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. But we recognize that now. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, so so oh, so, she, so we, she didn't understand it at the time when she got hired, and you're in charge of this. But now that you've ruined the whole country and our financial system, now you get it. Yes, okay, but, but she's right this time. Do you have to crash a car to realize that you're a bad driver, or can you recognize it without destroying it? <laughs> anyway, all right. So. Um, I'd love nothing more. I would go to. I don't. I don't like weddings. There's a few reasons. Number one is I don't want to wear a suit. You, you look good in a suit. I don't like. I, I. My wife says it's because I was strangled to death in another life, so I don't like wearing something you, tied around my neck. You don't have to wear the tie, man. There's well, a lot of I'm cool just, ways to do it now. You just put on the, the your slacks, your trousers, and then you got your your sport jacket, a nice shirt with the top button undone. You look very stylish. Well, I would love to change the fashion uh, decorum standards in our country, but I can't because they're there and they're there for a reason, and that's respect to the institution with which you work with or, you know, get paid to work in. I mean, yeah, some stuff does require that, you know, important business meeting, a wedding, funeral, you dress up. But John Fetterman, who had a stroke, a massive stroke, and still was forced to campaign to become a senator uh, by his greedy wife and all his wonderful friends that didn't care about his health, didn't want him to recover like most people who have strokes over six months or a year, maybe five years. They forced him back out there, and he's just a big dummy, so he goes back out there. I don't agree with his policies, but now it's become bad policies, and pretty much he can't articulate them because... His brain is fried. My message to the, the CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at seventy-four million dollars, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to to yacht to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> He's a communist too, by the way, and his wife's an ultra commie. Well, anyway, Senator John Fetterman claimed that he gets clinically depressed because he spent uh, six weeks in the hospital when he was elected because of clinical depression due to the fact that he had to wear a suit to go to Congress. So, <laughs> you know, it's Democrats. So uh, all of a sudden, there's no dress code. John Fetterman is being praised because he got the Senate to pause the dress code for members like him, and now, of course, for everyone. So no, no, that, not everybody, only for members of Congress. So if you're an intern or a page there, you still got to wear your whole suit and everything. It's just for the important folks. Yeah, John is very excited about this. Well, I, I mean, I, I feel it's, you know, a little more freedom, which should be bipartisanship, you know what I'm saying? So, But I don't know why the right side seems to be losing their minds over it. Like, ah, dogs and cats are living together, and, you know, like the world's spinning off its axis but you know i think it's a good thing and uh but i'm going to use it sparingly and just glad that it's here yeah he just showed up uh yesterday to the senate uh wearing a basketball shorts uh sneakers with no socks and a hoodie don't you have any respect for yourself nothing roger marshall kansas senator said this about him uh, it's it's disgusting to me. i don't find it i don't find it humorous i don't find it engaging i don't find it romantic i don't find it even a little bit even a little bit appealing. Um, I just think when you aim low, you can always get there. And I'm afraid that's what we're what we're doing. And then we have uh, Senator Cynthia Loomis, who also disagrees with this Fetterman thing. I've never seen um, civility enhanced or a sense of decorum enhanced uh, by dressing like a slob. <laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. Not that I'm over here, you know, the peak of fashion. But, no, but at the same time, I'm locked in a soundproof room all day. And there's nobody here. Now, you have to present that body of uh, people is presented to the 
American public and they're making big, heavy decisions, I kind of want them to look like they're worthy of our trust. But yeah, you're getting paid a quarter million dollars a year. You can't make it to the, you know, Macy's, pick out a tie. No. So now uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene says in a tweet, the Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators to appease Fetterman's disgracefulness. Dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for our institutions. That's what I just said. Mm -hmm. Stop lowering the bar. Here Fetterman tries to own Mar Marjorie because of that statement she made in a tweet. And this is supposedly, according to John Fetterman, this is a burn. This is why this guy shouldn't be in the Senate. His mind is gone. Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on. Because uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene used nude pictures of Hunter Biden when he was holding the gun. It's the only pictures they had of him holding a gun was in a hotel room with a prostitute doing crack, holding a gun naked. Oh, doesn't he? He has a scarf on. I mean, only a scarf, but... <laughs> so that's why Fetterman's going after her with that. That's his big comeback. Uh, in the, the, me the meetings uh, over in, in uh, Congress. Yeah. So, I, again, uh, I, I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but, you know, she really takes it a different way. Guy's wearing gym shorts and a sweatshirt. He's disrespecting the institution. He's disrespecting himself, and he's disrespecting the voters. MSNBC compares Fetterman to Abe Lincoln. So imagine if Abe Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address in a hoodie. <laughs> like, not, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I, I said, I'm not over here wearing a suit and tie every day, but you're representing hundreds, maybe thousands of people at the time, and you're, you're getting paid a big bunch of money. It's not like you can't afford it. Hey, wait a minute. Dress up. Put something nice on. And it doesn't have to be something crazy. Oh, hold on, hold on. I know you're on a roll. Uh, it looks like uh, Washington, D.C. Fashion Week is on TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Coming up, it's Fashion Week in Washington, D.C. Watch as your favorite politicians strut their stuff on the runway in compliance with the new dress code. Ooh, and here we see Nancy Pelosi on the runway wearing a bikini and nothing else. That's right. Feed your eyes on these skin balls, fellas. It's goodbye suits, ties, and skirts, and hello whatever they want to wear. And next we see Mitch McConnell in a pair of boxer shorts and nothing Nothing more. It's Fashion Week in Washington, D.C. And hail to the chief. Here's President Biden in a tank top and Spanx. What's happening? Where am I? Don't miss it. The sunny updates. But I'm going to go to bed. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Cuckoo. All right, here we go. So uh, I'm going to kick things off for Jill. Jill's still out. She's really sick. So yeah. She's got all the gooey diseases, you know, strep throat, uh, sinus infection, drippy, drappy, droopy, rhea, something like that. It's like, wow. How does she get all these at once? It's, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, you have kids, prepare yourself. You really should have like a disinfected chamber at the front door. Kid can't enter until he's power washed, scrubbed. Clothes are boiled. I think Jill's too clean. It's weakened her immunity. Yeah, you're probably right about that. She's, yeah. the, she's the Lysol lady. You need to handle more poop. I agree. Let's send her some. <laughs> Russell Brand. Yeah, what's going on here? Russell Brand, uh, of course, uh, acting career turned into a podcasting career uh, success with everything he's had so far, except that there's a little darkness in his past. He's been accused of rape. Sexual assault and professional misconduct in the sexual plane by several women, at least none of whom have given their names out. They've used synonyms to speak out. Now, this happened back in 2013 and uh, further back. There was a network in UK that has been preparing this 
TV show or whatever you want to call this documentary on this for quite some time. Eight days before they aired the piece, they showed it to Russell Brand. And, of course, in there were all the accusations tying him to all the allegations of rape and sexual assault. There's been four of these people that came forward, again, with no name. Of course, right off the bat, Russell Brand denies his whole thing, came to his defense. I've received two extremely disturbing letters, or a letter and an email, one from a mainstream media TV company, one from a newspaper, listing a litany of extremely egregious and aggressive attacks. Amidst this litany of astonishing, rather baroque attacks, are some very serious allegations that I absolutely refute. These allegations pertain to the time when I was working in the mainstream, when I was in the newspapers all the time, when I was in the movies. And as I've written about extensively in my books, I was very, very promiscuous. Now, during that time of promiscuity, the relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then, almost too transparent. And to see that transparency metastasized into something criminal that I absolutely deny makes me question, is there another agenda at play? Particularly when we've seen coordinated media attacks before. Now, yeah, because uh, Russell Brand's podcast is uh, quite conservative and he is uh, an anomaly in the world of entertainment, as you can imagine. I wouldn't even say it's conservative, but he just presents the facts. He presents the evidence. He lets you decide. He doesn't really try to shove anybody one way or the other, but he just kind of shows the stuff as it comes out. But a lot of it doesn't look pretty when it's presented that way. Now, high-profile personalities such as uh, Elon Musk, Andrew Tate, and Fox News, or former Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson, have voiced support for Brand. That was just a few days ago. Megan Kelly uh, brought up a good point, and I have to agree with her. The first woman to come forward that is cited in the piece is Alice. These are pseudonyms. Alice says she was 16. She's now in her 30s, so it was some 14 years ago, I guess. She said she was 16, he was 30, and then 31 while they had a three-month affair. She was with him over the course of the birthday. 16 and 30, or 31. Um, Alice says he found her on the street in Leicester Square over there in the UK, that he stopped her on the street, grabbed her shopping bags, pulled out a red dress she had just purchased and said, you're wearing this on our first date. That he knew she was 16, that he dated her. He asked if she was a virgin. She said yes, that he became sexually aroused by it, that he did take her virginity that he bathed her, that he kept referring to her as the child, that he would send, I think he was working for the BBC at the time, BBC too, he would send corporate cars to go pick her up at her high school uh, and bring her to him where, where they had sex repeatedly. This young woman's mother allegedly objected to the affair, but nonetheless dropped Alice off at Russell Brand's apartment over and over. What? Mom, that's a fail, fail. And that you get an F on your motherhood. Is that unreal? That is, that's just mind-blowing. And this isn't the first time. Remember the girl that was sold to Epstein? Not sold, but went to work for Epstein and had, uh, you know, Prince Andrew uh, allegedly uh, sweat all over her. Uh, the mother in that case, she's from Tampa, was like, yeah, you go there, you go there, and you make money. They like you. Uh, what kind of illness is that? Anyway, this is Alice on the broadcast that was produced about Russell Brand and all his allegations. Of course, her name is Alice, a pseudonym here for this broadcast piece. Here's what she says. I was sat up in the bed up against the headboard and he um, fought and I 
couldn't breathe and was just choking me and I couldn't breathe. I was pushing him away and pushing him away and he wasn't he wasn't backing off at all. And so I ended up having to punch him really hard in the stomach to get him off. And then he like finally then he like moved fell backwards and I was crying and he said, Oh, I only want to see your mascara run anyway. Oh God. Yeesh. Yeah, it's really nasty. Now, Megyn Kelly responds to the people I told you previously defending Russell Brand. Can I just tell you guys, I realize that the knee-jerk instinct now by so many is Russell Brand is wrongly accused. These women are all liars. I'm sorry, this is extremely detailed. And in the case of the other woman, there's an actual set of medical records after she went to a rape crisis center the day of the alleged encounter, plus apologetic begging for forgiveness text from Russell Brand. Could you please for a second stay open-minded to the possibility that the women are telling the truth? We don't need to so overcorrect from the Me Too movement that every woman gets completely disregarded and called a liar when she finds the guts to come forward and make an allegation. They may be telling the truth. It's worth investigating. We don't need a knee-jerk condemn him, and we don't need a knee-jerk condemn them. I'm just pissed because what I've seen is like a rash of guys coming out to be like, it's bull You don't know whether it's bull or not. Did you read the report of this woman? Did you read the rape, the alleged rape details? Did you read the text message that she has from Russell Brand begging for forgiveness? There's at least enough for us to want more facts. That's it. I'm sorry. That's my take on it. You guys are younger and, and probably more conservative than I am. Maybe you see it more differently than I do. Welcoming other points of view. You go, girl. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly, Megan Kelly. Yeah, in this case, I think it was stupid of Elon and Andrew Tate and uh, Tucker to come out and defend uh, Russell. I think you should have let it lay. And at the same time, his life's been destroyed. Let's say, I mean, I it, to me, it's just what Megyn Kelly said. With the detail that we have on Russell Brand's accusations, the, the details of what tells the story, there's the chances, if you're going to give it a percentage, I think it's probably a 70% chance he's guilty of this stuff. We'll find out. However, he's not been proven guilty. And already, all these people, YouTube, Instagram, all of them have canceled everything with him. His advertisers, his uh, his company, his own company fired him. I mean, we got to cut this out. Yeah, because everything, it's the internet. Everything moves at the speed of light now. So as soon as one thing comes out, everybody immediately reacts without finding out the facts. I mean, look what happened with, uh, who is, what's the guy, Juicy Smollett. In oh. Chicago. <laughs> Everybody just immediately, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then as the details begin to trickle out, like you said, the details tell the story. This is the truth. Yeah. Next thing you know, oh wait, it's a different story than we all thought. Yeah. But you gotta wait for the evidence. You well, need to see the evidence. You can't just go based on one person's claims versus another person's claims because... You know, look look how many monetary decisions just got made off of that one one thing. Like yeah. you gotta see the evidence. Yeah. I I from what what I saw and, and looking at the uh, police report and the report from the rape center and all that because it's available to you, uh, it doesn't look good. It no. doesn't look good. And, and you know what? He was known for being, he said it himself. Yeah, he was that guy. He was always whacked out on something doing something wacky. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds I like definitely a, could see it. Sounds like a slogan. All right. Uh, this is kind of funny. I, I don't know that I can afford it anymore. McDonald's used to be cheap, but apparently there's a secret off-menu item, but it's only available for a few minutes each day. Really? 
Yeah, it's called the McBrunch Burger. You really think that they have that? It's it, You have to catch them right when they're doing the transition from breakfast to lunch. Okay. And it uses two sesame seed buns, two cheeseburger patties, bacon, eggs, and a hash brown. Oh, wow. But apparently you can only order the thing around 10.35 a.m. when they switch from breakfast to lunch. So they have the ingredients from both menus to make both in the moment. So there's only a small window you can get it, but... The McBrunch burger. I would eat that. Oh, hell yeah. A burger with an egg on it? Yeah. Dude, it's the best day. thing. Oh, it's the, the monster burger at the diner, the Barry Diner. Oh, we have that. We I have love a that thing. double burger with a egg on it and cheese and bacon. Yeah, it's so big. Yeah. You need a machete to hold it together. Yeah. So, you know what? We got, we got to try this, though. We got to mosey on over to the one Altamont at 1035. 1035. Yeah, you got to get right there. Let's see if we can do it. Um, I get these all the time. You get a lot of spam calls. Yeah, I get them. I answer them sometimes as scam likely. Sometimes it's just fun to answer them. But, you know, lately I answer them and I go, hello, 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 hello. Nothing works. And they hang up. Oh, yeah. I'll answer them. But I'll because uh, I don't want to give them actual words because I hear a lot of times they'll record your voice and use that for stuff. So I'll just make animal sounds. <laughs> I'll just pick up and go, wow, wow, wow. OK, sounds good. Now, do you have Medicare or Medicaid? Meow. <laughs> and they, oh, they're always trying to get you on something because it's always a scam. You know, they're, if they're not trying to get your social security number or your credit card number, or, you know, are you in debt? Do you have this? Can we count on your support for a donation to the thing? And I got taken be by, careful. I got taken by Frank a couple of times. The first couple, Frank is a guy that calls from the... Uh, and our policeman's thing? Yeah, policeman's thing. That's yeah, it. it. sounds real. He's like, ah, well, it's... Hey, it's Frank. How are you? Frank, uh, the policeman's ball is coming up, and millions of officers need uh, fancy tuxedos to dance in. Can we count on your support? If I send you an envelope, do you think you could maybe put $5 in it? And he sounds legit, but it's a robot assessing your reply, and that determines the next pre-recorded reply. Wow, it's amazing. Well, all right, we'll uh, we, we'll count on your donation, you know, and it's it's really scary because apparently there's, you know, as the technology progresses, that stuff is getting more and more dangerous to answer. Because I love to answer and mess around with them. Oh, yeah, my car's extended warranty. Yeah, I got a uh, 2053 Cadillac XTX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? But I guess when you when you answer them, sometimes it'll uh, your phone bill will skyrocket because some spammers use a it's called a one ring call tactic. So they'll call you from a number that looks local. Right. And you see it, you're like, oh, I guess 407. I'll call that back. You call it back. But in reality, you're charged exorbitant fees when you call the number back because it's not where it actually goes. Oh. Or sometimes when you um, when you answer these, uh, spammers can hijack your phone number. Mm-hmm. They use phone scams through like SIM card swapping. So they can hijack your phone number and that gives them access to your incoming calls and text messages. What? Yeah, so you got to be really careful. It's not just falling for the scam. Wow. She's out there, man. Hello, I am Potential Spam. I'd like to sincerely apologize for calling you during work while you're trying to sleep or while you're expecting an important call. Waiting on those test results? Potential Spam. Job interview? Spam, spam. Thank you, ma'am. I'm also sorry that I'm not guaranteed spam, so I give you false hope that I may be of substance. Nope. I just want to talk to you about an extended vehicle warranty. I would honestly be less annoying if I was selling actual cans of spam. I am sorry 
that I ruined your potentially nice moment. Apologetically yours, Potential Spam. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Stupidest personal life. Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. <laughs> All right, here we go. Stupid news time. Uh, this isn't so stupid. It's kind of amazing. Lindsay Stallworth from Alabama loves a day out and look for shark teeth. On one such trip, it was a far bigger, far older discovery than she expected. Stallworth was with her high school biology teacher, but it was the young student who noticed something. Small bone fragments were around. It was embedded in soft rock. Following them up a hill, they turned up the nearly complete skull of a 34-million-year-old whale. And every time I read these stories, it cracks me up that we're worried about some plastic or, you know, uh, one degree increase in temperature. And we really are just, <laughs> just full of it. I mean, think about that. Do you know what 34 million years is? I mean, 34 million years old. That's where we get in trouble. Our lifespan's too short. We think 100 years is a long time. Even 1,000 years is a long time. We are a blip in the whole grand scheme of things, man. Like, if you were to look at, like, a, a, a pie chart of, you know, all the different species that ruled the planet for how long, you wouldn't be able to see us. Our no. sliver would be so small. No. And all these other... And the other thing, when it's applicable to religion, too, is... Uh, and I had the discussion on the air once. I got a bunch of emails uh, trying to send me here and read this and read that. And it'll probably happen again. But every time I think of that, it, it makes me think... I went to Catholic school. So I, I learned little slivers of thing when I was half awake. You know, about like the world is only, what, 2,000-some-odd years old, according to the good book? Well, that's just when we started writing things down. and I think that's B.C. Yeah, but I'm also saying that... No, but wasn't that... Wasn't that uh, people would always ask that and they would say, oh, no, but you see, those things were all that was created. And I'm thinking, OK, God's a comedian or he, or he likes to no, play, play games and he distracted us by putting a 34 million year old fossil somewhere. So we go, gotta, wait a minute. You got to read the whole thing. Apparently, there's been three Earth ages. God's already done it once and twice and just wiped the whole thing, wiped the whole thing. And we're the third go round. Really? Yeah. That's what the Noah and the flood thing that was like. Post number two. So wait a minute, though. Uh, if if uh, here we go. Ready? <laughs> oh boy. No, I'm just saying. If if this this omnipresent uh, being, for the lack of a, a more uh, intellectual term, which I can't access because I'm not that intellectual, um, uh, shouldn't if he if he knows all and sees all and is all and and it's uh, you know shouldn't he have worked it out the first time that it would have worked perfectly? Yeah, but the idea is not to do perfection because that's oh, the thing. So Imagine this. All right. Let's say you're omnipresent, omnipotent. You have all the things. What is the one thing you don't have? Uh, 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 limitation. What? Limitation. It's the only thing the guy doesn't have. What do you mean? It's because there's no limits to his power. So in order to feel limitation, you experience yourself subjectively through... You know, bazillions of creatures and things and life on a planet. Wow. At least I'm, that's one theory. My brain's going to explode. I'm going to have to smoke what you got. I'm just saying. It's just a theory. 34 million years old. I can't even imagine that. That's the weird part, man. We all like to think we know, but really science and all the stuff we've come up with is our best guess. Yeah. 
So you're telling me all the creatures that have lived here before us in 34 million years, some of them living spans that are detectable on a chart, on a, you know, on a spectrum of time. Um, they didn't manage to destroy the Earth, but we're going to do it with a plastic thing from a Budweiser six pack. Now, that's the thing is we like to think we have a huge effect. We're arrogant as a species. We are. Boy, George Collin was right. Mm -hmm. He says, the Earth isn't going going anywhere. We are. Yeah, (laughs) the Earth's been through a lot more than us, man. And one of the most, uh, yeah, 34 million years old. All right. Yeah, giant lizards running the planet for half the time. You don't think they messed some stuff up? Right. All right, let's move on to some... uh, Since we're talking about religion, I get to play Kirk Franklin one time. Stop, baby! Come on up here to testify! Anyway, when a person goes to a church confessional, I remember this from the Catholic days, they expect what they confess to the priest to stay between them and the priest. Yeah, it's supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, priest-client confidentiality. That's it. I think it's in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, under the terms, and you click the little box. Yeah, it's one of those 15, <laughs> 10 commandments. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's what Reverend Anthony H. Stevens said. He thought uh, in deep despair and needing to confess a sin, Stevens, who was married, confessed to having an inappropriate relationship with a former congregant. <gasps> Secrecy allegedly went out the window on that one as the revelation allegedly ended up making its way all the way to the bishop who then allegedly told Stephen's wife. Oh, my God, this is a soap opera. So he runs out of the confessional booth. Bishop, bishop, guess what I heard? Oh, my gosh. And then the bishop tells his wife. Wolf. Now I understand that your husband was being a pervert. The news also allegedly led to Stevens being defrocked. That must hurt. Oh, defrocked. That's where they yanked the fancy clergy robe off you. Is that how? Really? I don't know if they did the yanking, but it's definitely the defrocking. Now, this apparently interrupted his church ascension and deprived him of at least $1.5 million in future earnings. That's what Wait, they... Wait, what? Frock me. <laughs> I'll take the frock. <laughs> All Sheesh, of this comes from two million doing what? I don't know. I'll come up with a sermon. <laughs> you work one day a week? Yeah, I guess. All of this comes from documents in the lawsuit filed by Stevens against the Metropolitan New York Evangelical Lutheran Church. Police Department. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> one point to, see, I know this thing is like the the priest gave away the thing during the confession, but right. How much money does he make? $1.5 million future earnings. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. The Rick's Daisy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. All right, five more minutes and we should probably try to stop this, right? On 105.9 Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, it's all brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. Okay, Ray Epps. Who is Ray Epps? Oh, he's the Fed that didn't do any time while everybody else did, right? Yeah, he is um he was a january well he is a, he was a january 6th we really don't know who he is yet someday maybe we'll find out now you gotta i gotta paint the picture for you so ray epps was there during the protests at the capitol january 6 2021 um he just pled guilty to a federal charge of disrupting the certification of a 2020 election that is a misdemeanor 
Keep that in mind for just a second. Mm. This is a guy who was on video encouraging people to come into the Capitol January 6th. He's got a Trump hat. Looks awfully new, too. And he's waving people in, telling them we've got to go in. The night before, at a meeting, he said, quote now, I'm going to put this out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for this tomorrow. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. I'm quoting him. Some of the onlookers there, though, at that meeting said, Fed, 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 Fed. Well... And you know what? I think they were right, right, right. However, we haven't established that yet. Now, at the end of Capital Six and the riot, he was on the American most wanted list on the FBI. And then six days later, disappeared off the list completely. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. Yeah. He was on the FBI's most wanted list and then just fell off the way no one does? Yeah, gone. Now, they're calling all this, of course, people look at it and go, wait a minute. This guy's a fed. Now, as they do with everything that they don't want you to know the truth about, they call it a conspiracy theory. It started in 1961 with the CIA. Smoke can tell you all about it. It's true. It's a term that the CIA made up because they didn't want people talking about any other uh, happenings with the JFK assassination than what they had already laid out. So they developed the term then. Before the JFK thing, no one had ever even heard the term. So now all of a sudden out of nowhere, because the accusation all this time by the conspiracy theorists, you know what they are, Republicans, right? Um, this guy from Revolver website, which is a news website, Tucker Carlson had him on. This was uh, right when it, you know, just before it happened, after it happened. He's the editor of Revolver, and he broke the story about Ray Epps. He just went to, went to D.C. to defend Trump and to attend the speech on the last minute uh, thing with his son to attend Trump's speech on election fraud. The only thing is, Epps didn't attend the speech. Epps travels all the way from Arizona to D.C., this big Trump supporter, and he doesn't even attend the speech. Instead, he fixates on this bizarre mission to get everyone to go into the Capitol. And by the way, he just happens to be hanging out right by the initial breach point on the west side of the Capitol before the Proud Boys even get there. Where did Ray Epps get this idea? This whole piece doesn't explore that question at all. No, and it doesn't explore the fact that there's a guy out there called the fence cutter ball work. They haven't caught him yet. They don't know his name. This is a guy that can clearly be seen on video with an earpiece. He has no no markings whatsoever. Doesn't wear a Trump hat. Doesn't look like he's there to support Trump. Is cutting the caution tape that leads to the perimeter of the Capitol grounds. You step over that tape, you are trespassing, and you could be trespassed, right? He's cutting that while the while everybody else is being, you know, ushered into the Capitol building on one side, on the other side, fighting people, right? Some reason, they haven't identified him, they haven't talked to him, he's seen moving barricades. There's another guy in a scaffolding, three stories up, waving people in. That guy has not been identified. Mm. So this guy, Ray Epps, gets a slap on the wrist, a misdemeanor, it's a probably a couple grand fine, yeah, we haven't found the guy on the other side of the west side of the Capitol leading people in by cutting the tape. We gave the leader of the Proud Boys, who wasn't even there, 22 years in prison. And how does this guy get out? That's what I'm saying. So that's why they're calling it a Fed surrection now. That these were all provocateurs. Now, here it's funny because that came out yesterday. There's another article that came out this morning. 
This is the FBI speaking. The FBI has so many paid informants at the Capitol on January 6th, they lost track of the number of them. What? Yep. They've performed an audit to determine exactly how many confidential human sources were run by the FBI field offices into the Capitol building on that day. At least one informant was communicating with the FBI handler as he entered the Capitol, according to Stephen D'Artugno, formerly a charge of the Bureau's Washington field office. D'Artugno has testified behind closed doors to the House Judiciary Committee that his office was aware before the riot that some of their informants would attend a stop and steal rally thrown by Donald Trump. But he only learned after the fact that informants run by other field offices were also present. Do you remember 9-11 when the big deal after the attacks uh, on the you know, World Trade Center? Everybody said, we got to fix this. These organizations are not talking to each other. CIA, FBI, NSA. Well, now we got a situation here where inside the FBI, their various branches are not coordinating or even talking to each other. Yeah, that happens a lot in a lot of businesses, too. You get like one client, but this person's doing this part, this person's doing this part, and nobody knows what each other is doing, and then you have kerfuffle. So Jim Jordan said this is extremely concerning, and the FBI has admitted they can't adequately track the activities and operations of its informants. There could have been anywhere from 10 of them, 12, to 100. What do you mean you can't actively track? Of course you can. You're the federal government. You have spy satellites everywhere. No conversation on the earth is private. You mean you can't track these fools down? Just like a bag of cocaine in the most secure building on Pennsylvania Avenue? Well, it's more like they don't want to track them down. Oh. Yeah, they don't want to track them down. But they were able to track down a 1,001 uh, people that were hanging around the Capitol, including an old lady, 65 years old, that could barely walk. Yeah, just based on brief Snapchat footage of their back. Got them. And, of course, the hot dog vendor three blocks away. I'm just kidding. But that, that's to illustrate my point is that they're so full of it. It's so incredible. And, of course, today... Nothing on the news about it. It's like the lies. Like you're not even trying. They're so blatantly obvious that it's like, yeah, okay, you might not be telling us the truth, but your lie is so stupid that I have to believe it's the opposite. But dude, they're counting. You know this. They're counting on people. They're they have. I don't know if you remember back in the days of radio when we used to consume consultants like crazy. We used to have oh, God yeah. come in in radio in the radio business, and then he would go in the conference room. He goes, "Okay, let's describe your typical listener. Who is she?" Uh, she's 34, and then he put on the list 34. Then he would put another piece of paper up. What does she do? How many kids does she have? She has two kids. And then go around the room. At the end of the meeting, this consultant would have posters describing our typical listener around the whole room. Yeah. And, and this is what they do in politics and disseminating information. They have a picture of who, what an American is and yeah. how they act, how they consume news. They know less than the Chinese. The Chinese know more about us than the United States politician does, but they do this. Yeah, the, your social media app gets all the facial data they need. It does everything, you know, it studies your attention span, which is the most important part, because right. as long as I can fit my narrative around what your attention span is, 
I'll just come out with the actual truth after you've already forgotten what the problem is. Exactly. So what they're counting on is the ignorance of the public. And I don't mean ignorance in a pejorative manner. I mean just not knowing what's going on. And they know that. So what they do, there's two two things they do. First of all, they can lie to you and fabricate because they know that you're not going to look it up. Number two, they tell you the truth ahead of time because they know there's a good chance the real story is going to come out just like Smoke said. And, ev- and eventually it'll come out and they can say something, well, we told you that we made a mistake here. I mean, it's so incredibly predictable. It's infuriating that we don't pay more attention to what's going on. And they time it. They time it perfectly. Like, what was the Bill Clinton thing I played last week where he admitted that the government, like, irradiated people and injected them with plutonium without their knowledge? Like, just in doctor's offices just to see what would happen to them? That's and it something. was a government study, completely unethical. And when do they decide to reveal this information? Uh, Ten years later, during the middle of the OJ trial, when no one's paying attention. Is that the one that you gave me, the internet? Yeah. U.S. Listen to this. February 1956. In the heart of New York, Operation Big City was underway. A Ford Mercury, specially adapted with a hidden exhaust pipe, pumped out bacteria onto the streets of Manhattan. Undercover agents entered the city's subway system. Their cases equipped with tiny motors which covertly dispersed the bacteria Bacillus globuli. Ten years later, the army returned. Light bulbs filled with bacteria were dropped in front of trains and down ventilation shafts to test how far the bacteria would spread through the subway system. For years, these public experiments were kept secret from the citizens of New York. The Army faithfully filmed its own experiments. This Washington, D.C. bus station was the site of another secret test. Thirty similar trials were conducted at public locations all across America. And that's just one of them. There's tons of these stories. Yeah, you can look at look it up for yourself. The examples They're documented. Are- these are not conspiracy. These are actually things yeah. that have happened. The government releases all that stuff, but they count on you not going to the National Archive website and sit for four hours and scroll into page 870 to find it and you know when they do come out with it like yeah we might have done some bad stuff anyway look at this oh my gosh football's on you know and like you just get distracted and that's and that's why they do it they can get away with it yeah and and that's how they sleep at night going well we told them it's not our fault they're not gonna dig for more yeah it's amazing um Speaking of lies, the Pentagon, I don't know if you recall, the F-35 had a lot. It's it's a state-of-the-art aircraft, fighter jet. Uh, it's got the latest technology. It costs 75 to $80 million per unit. Um, but back when it first came out and was certified, this thing had a ton of problems. Well, apparently this story hasn't ended there because this one they lost the other day in North Carolina they just the pilot had to eject for an unknown reason then it eventually crashed in South Carolina 80 miles from the base now they're telling us hey uh well, first of all, the transponder, which identifies the location of this aircraft, didn't work. There's transponders on every single plane that flies in the air, uh, except for those ultralights and stuff. But um, it malfunctioned, which is highly unusual. We've said this on the air a couple of days already. Turns out this is a plane that had a humiliating problem for the U.S. government. It could be easily hacked. That's right. Wait, easily you can hacked. hack the plane? They're saying now that we got to look into. The, well, I mean, think about what happened the other day when this plane went missing. Uh, they said this is the most vulnerable military aircraft to hackers. 
It sparked a panic for 28 hours searching for this plane. A report from the U.S. government's General Accountability Office four years ago warned that the $80 million aircraft system provided a backdoor that was easy for hackers to enter to gain control of the aircraft. That's that's nuts. Like, I've seen... I've seen them use similar technology that we provided to Ukraine. And like when Russian drones come over, they have this gun and it's not really a gun. It's almost like a ray gun. It like shoots a field at the drone and they can just bring it down. Yeah. It's wild. Despite years of patches and upgrades, the F-35's most combat crucial computer system continues to malfunction, including the automatic logistics information system and parts... Not available. The data links that display, combine, and exchange targets and threat information among fighters and intelligence sources, hackable. Even an amateur can do it. It's, it's, it's $80 million. Our number one stealthiest, most advanced million. aircraft, and an amateur hacker can take over the aircraft. I'm just throwing this out there. Not a consp- You know, just if you look at all the information available, do you think maybe he lost control of the aircraft? It wouldn't do anything. It was taken over, and he was like, I got to get out of this thing. It could go right into the ground, and I can't control it. I'm just, that's it. That is a theory. Yeah, I just, I'm amazed that, I know, you know, when we buy stuff as a, you know, government, we pay inflated prices out the wazoo because it's the government. You're going to pay a lot. But, I mean, for that kind of money per jet, I'd like a little bit of security, you a, think? a lock for the cockpit, maybe? I don't know. A lock. A GPS? Honey, did you lock the F-35 this morning? You're going to get robbed. You know that. I can't find my keys. <laughs> All right, locally here, a bill filed in the Florida House of Representatives on Monday would allow some teens to work more hours and work earlier or later in the day. Uh, HB 49 deletes a part of the current law that says minors age 16 or 17 can't work for more than 30 hours a week. What is that? Oh, because it might, is this like a home, homework or what? I don't know. Too much for a 16 or 17 year old? I could work 12 hours when I was 17. Not even say, like breathe heavy. Had more energy to work back then. Dude, I was delivering newspapers when I was 13. What is going on here? Yeah, I I don't know. At least I grew up in Michigan, but I got a job at 14. Yeah. I had to get a work permit, though. I, I had, had a job by like my teachers and my parents to say, yeah, I guess he's doing well enough at school that he could, you know, go make money if he needs. Yeah, uh, so the bill would make Florida the latest state to loosen child labor laws from expanding the number of hours youth can work to even more removing restrictions on type of works of the work they can do. Yeah, I mean, if you're able and you're doing good in school, why not? I mean, I think it's actually good for you, you know? Yeah, let him work at the sewage plant. He's fine. Might wear an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini when they walk onto the Senate floor. But I will get sick in some manner if I should see Bernie Sanders come to work shirtless in his boxer shorts. Yeah, they've changed the dress code in the Congress, the Senate specifically, so John Fetterman can wear his basketball shorts his dirty sneakers and hoodies to work in Congress. Well, I mean, I, I feel it's, you know, a little more freedom, which should be bipartisanship, you know what I'm saying? So, But I don't know why the right side seems to be losing their minds over it. Like, ah, dogs and cats are living together and, you know, like the world's spinning off its axis. But, you know, I think it's a good thing, And uh, but I'm going to use it sparingly and just glad that it's here. Yeah, thanks for your Ghostbusters reference there, big dummy. 
Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through <laughs> life stuff. Fetterman is uh, basically, he's a senator, he's a communist. He had a stroke a couple of months out, maybe six months out uh, from being elected. His wife, who's a greed, you know what, I, I mentioned her last hour. Let me play you a little. This is, uh, Fetterman's a commie and his wife is double commie. Uh, it's funny because they're all hypocrites. Uh, while this was all going on and he had a stroke and they forced him back into campaigning, which he should have been in bed rest. He should have been, you know, t t worried about his health. Instead, his his friends really care about him, kept pushing him out there because they had to have, have him in office. The alternative was a Republican getting in there. So, uh, yeah, they pushed him, even though he was just not there anymore. He needed to recover. He didn't get a chance to do that. While all that was going on, it was discovered that Mrs. Fetterman and John had bought a mansion. And when she was caught, she didn't hide. She came right out and told you why they got the mansion. And while we did not want the mansion, that mansion came with a pool. And the pool I wanted. And the dream was to open this pool and make it a public pool. Turn it into the people's pool. Yeah, she's a commie. The people's pool. And how many of the uh, community are swimming in that pool right now, could you imagine, Rick? <laughs> Zero. Really? Are you sure? The people? That's you. Like, like you couldn't go get a $20,000 dumpy house with a pool. You had to go get a mansion. <laughs> it's just amazing. Go ahead. And ensure that um, young people across Pennsylvania could learn how to swim right. and learn water safety mm -hmm. and kind of work to right some of the wrongs. You know, historically, um, swimming in America is it's very racist. Gosh, okay, yeah, my head's going to explode. Um, so anyway, uh, let's go back to Fetterman for just a moment. Uh, yeah, he's So is that why he's dressing the way he's dressed? Because he, he spent it all in the mansion and he can only afford <laughs> gym shorts or what? That could be one of the reasons. But basically he says that, in, and he was in the hospital after he got elected for clinical depression for a few weeks. Um, he says that he gets clinically depressed if he has to wear a suit and tie. Wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> Nothing clean, right? I, I agree with him. I get clinically depressed when I have to wear anything but gym shorts and a T-shirt. But, hey, I'm not in office. John Fetterman is. Um, his colleagues, Roger Marshall, Kansas senator, is not in agreement with this. It's it's disgusting to me. I don't find it. I don't find it humorous. I don't find it engaging. I don't find it romantic. I don't find it even a little bit, even a little bit appealing. Um, I just think when you aim low, you can always get there. And I'm afraid that's what we're what we're. Here's another uh, senator right now who thinks about this. The idea of turning the United States Senate into a sports bar is very unappealing to me. It's <laughs> turning the U.S. Senate into a sports bar. I like that one. This is uh, Cynthia Loomis, a senator. I've never seen um, civility enhanced or a sense of decorum enhanced uh, by dressing like a slob. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you, you're not doing a great job. The least you could do is wear a tie. Hey, if I saw myself in clothes like those, I'd have to kick my own ass. <laughs> but, you know, he is a congressman. He is in the Senate. He could be starting a new trend. I mean, what they do, you know, sometimes turns into a trend. Do you want to stand out in the workplace? Then ditch the suit and tie for a hoodie and gym shorts at Fetterman's Warehouse. Our selection of apparel screams, I just got back from the gym, but didn't actually work out. The expert tailors at Fetterman's Warehouse will be sure your casual dorm room attire will look three sizes too big. 
And we'll help you pick out all the accessories, like sneakers that look like the ones you mow the lawn in and keep in the garage. They say clothes make the man. But we make the man look like a 12-year-old boy. Fetterman's Warehouse. You're going to like the way you look. Like you just woke up from a nap. I guarantee it. The Sunny Update. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Why do you say crazy stuff like that? Now, that isn't true, is it? On the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. And it's all brought to you by All Electric Services. Now, when they have to recall something... It's usually because it happened and everybody found out. Kraft Heinz announced yesterday that they're voluntarily recalling 16-ounce packages of Kraft Singles American Pasteurized Prepared Cheese Product. Notice how they don't call it cheese. They call it cheese product. It's not cheese. Um, it's got a best, uh, best one used by day between January 10th and January 27th. And the company says it's received several complaints about people gagging or choking while eating the product, saying one of its wrapping machines had a temporary issue that made it possible for a thin strip of film to stay on the slices after they've been unwrapped. So, so like more plastic? Yeah, plastic in the cheese. <laughs> and you can choke on it. Isn't it made out of plastic? What's the big deal? I, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like this, this best one used by date of January 10th and 27th of next year. I don't know about you, but real cheese don't last that long. No. But cheese product, however, might. Oh, God, what is it made of? No wonder everybody's got cancer. It's really crazy. And we, we eat this crap all the time. And then it's just one little word like that. It's not cheese. It's cheese product. It's not grape juice. It's grape drink. Whatever that might be. <laughs> uh, the View is getting some criticism and backlash. Because uh, there's the whole, you know, Writers Guild... Uh, strike happening and uh, they picketed the view yesterday uh, because they were still doing their daytime talk show we meanwhile everybody else has paused production in solidarity with the strikers except for the view because they can't just can't stop well I mean the, the, okay it, it, this is about writers people who write scripts right mm-hmm there's no scripts on the view is there uh, if mean, there was scripts maybe it, not but no, I'm, oh, so everybody it's has still, to quit just because we're miserable. Solidarity. Oh, Don't whatever. you care about everyone else? Oh God, this aren't is, you, you know, a part of us? This is going to sink Hollywood, and I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm sure most people won't either. This is just going to destroy Hollywood. Good. Yeah, I guess uh, people are saying that they're they're an employer of the WGA writers, and they said it was a huge slap in the face of the labor that they're there uh, that they're still on the air. First of all, the View is under NBC's news department. So it's not entertainment. Yeah, but if they still employ writers and they're just saying, hey, screw you, yeah, but, we don't need you. Yeah, but ABC, NBC, and CBS News employ writers, but it's for news. It's for the news program. So if it views under the news category, what are they bitching about? Well, you know, they still not, hire writers and they're it, still it not should, doing anything to care about. It should be under the comedy category, but it's not. No, it should be under the garbage category. Oh, yeah, that, that category is increasing every day in popularity. Mm-hmm. Especially in Hollywood. Just like your show! Well, listen. All right. You know, we don't have anybody striking outside of our spot yet. Uh, didn't you say Mark Wahlberg's leaving Hollywood? Oh, you want me to do that one? You were just poo-pooing it all oh, morning. Oh, you were frothing at the mouth. No, I, I wasn't was frothing. Just... I just think it's Hollywood. Everybody's leaving Hollywood, and good for them, man. People you think leave because ho- the writer strike. You know what's getting any money? No, no, I don't think it's that. I think they're sick of all the perversion that goes on there. It's just gotten to the point now. I mean, every party's a pedophile fest. 
there's more drugs. I mean, it's crazy. Mark Wahlberg has kids now. He's 51 years old. He's like James Carey. James Carey. Jim Carey left. He said, I'm done. He goes, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. I made enough money. I'm going to go paint. Yeah, Marky, Mark Wahlberg's just going back to doing Marky Mark stuff? Or? No, he's not doing anything. He's going to focus on his children. He, they, he said he went to Phoenix, not Phoenix, um, Las Vegas. People raved about the area. He says it's a real, he goes, when people think about, you know, Las Vegas, they think about the strip. He goes, but that's really a very minuscule part of the uh, lifestyle in Vegas. He thinks uh, 15, 20 minutes away from the strip, there's a whole lot of just amazing areas where great families live. It's a great community. I want to raise my children here and I want to spend time with them. Good for him, man. Plus, he's very conservative. And I'm sure he's done paying all the wild California taxes and surcharges. And That's another issue. Yeah. They just passed that bill where if you make so much money, your electric bill is going to be more just because you make so much money. Yeah, but you also hear a lot of of, of the corruption and the perversion and, the, and what's going on in schools there. I mean, look, they're about to pass a bill that if your kid comes home and says, I identified as a washing machine and you don't treat him and like that and pour bleach into him and soap and put your clothes in between his legs, uh, you can get your child taken away from you. Yeah, I mean, I'd be moving to Las Vegas too, I guess. Right? Dude, it's wild. Too expensive to be in California for anything. But uh, that doesn't stop a lot of people from spending money, though. Apparently, Americans spend $754 a year on impulse buys from social media. You know, I did that for a little while, and I've got a couple of things that actually were kind of nice. I got that, uh, you know what a level is? You know, a level? A level, yeah. It's to yeah. level stuff. You got to put a picture up. You want to make sure it's straight. You use the Do level. You the laser one or no? Yeah, I got the laser one. Is it's it cool? Really, does it work? It works great. It works nice, really huh? great. And it not only works great, you know how you used to have to have that big, huge level if you were doing any kind of carpentry? Yeah, you had to have the long one, too. Yeah, the little level, because it's laser, you don't need the big one. If you drop them too much or mess with them, they'd be off. And Yeah. No, that's oh, great. And then I got integrated stud finder? Yeah, I got one like that, too. Yeah, oh, I, wow. I bought a lot of crap, crap off social media. I also bought a... Uh, uh, a vice grip. You know how vice grips, uh, the screw that you use to tighten it gets rusty and just, uh, they suck. I've had like two of them and, and I can't, half the time when I go to use them when I need them, can't use it. Well, I got one that's completely designed differently. It's fantastic. I also bought a, uh, I bought something about five years ago off Facebook. It looked like a, um, you ever see those garden spray things where you hook the hose, you put it on a hose, yeah. you put your liquid, whatever it is, chemical, or whatever. Oh, like a, like a miracle grow or like a yeah. soap thing or yeah, something? Yeah, you put it inside the little container and you spray your garden. It's for your car or for your garden? It looks, I've seen it for both. Well, this one isn't for that. This one looks like that. However, it's- It to attaches you, to your shower. It attaches to your garden hose and it's used to clean your car. Well, I didn't know it. It sat in my closet for like five years. I pulled it out the other day because my <laughs> wife had to clean her car. It's incredible. And that was only like 1999. As seen on TV. It was great. I got Order now and get a second one free. So yeah, I, I spent a lot on impulse buys as well. Yes, they're not, they're the, not bad though. That's the average American, $754. So a in, the last, in the last 12 months, Americans collectively have spent $71 billion on impulse buys based on what they saw on social media. So that's that AI algorithm going, all right, well, you're into this and you're into this. So uh, based on those odds, you'll probably be into this. So if I show you ads on this, you're going to buy the thing. Oh, I bought a, a mirror smartphone, a cell phone holder, right? My wife looked at it. You're going to buy that garbage? I've had it for three years now. It's the best thing I've ever purchased for the phone in the car. Oh, the, do you have the Ram one in the car? Is that just no, it's not bikes? a Ram one. It's the one that hangs from the mirror and it's adjustable. You put your phone on it. And dude, it's it was like 19 bucks. 
It's the best thing, one of the best things I've ever bought because the other ones break. The Rams are yeah. good for the motorcycle. I, I like the Ram ones. It's the cop mount. Yeah, those are good for the bike or something like that, but this thing's for the car, and it hangs from the mirror. It's got an arm, breaks up into three sections. It's totally adjustable. It swings with the car, so it's not. there's no pressure being put on the little plastic parts. So if your car, you know, you hit a pothole or something, it'll move with that. It's lasted three years. Our nice. state-of-the-art internal gyroscope keeps your phone going the same way. Texting and driving has never been so easy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I fall into them once in a while. You know, usually when I'm drunk, yeah, I might, you know, go ham and start getting stuff. Is that where you got that knife you carry around? No, no. This one was actually a gift. It's it's nice, though. I I do like it. But I don't know. I I, I get suckered in every once in a while. Usually Adidas. They'll be like, look, we finally got this in a 13. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Elon Musk, speaking of money. Uh, he's probably going to start charging everybody to use the uh, social media site X. Oh, that's the end of it. Well, because he's saying it's it's the robots. The AI can, because it's all bots on there, when he took over the company, he said like 40-something percent of it was all bots. Mm-hmm. And those little, you know, captchas to make sure you're not a robot. Right. AI can fool them and doing faster than people now. So he's saying in order to cut that out, um, in order to register, you'd need a credit card. Just like, you know, I'm most not of your putting stuff. my credit card on, on Twitter. That's only eight bucks a month. That's, I'm, I don't care about the eight bucks. I'm just not putting my info in there. Why not? You give it to it's Netflix. Twitter. It's, it's a social media site. No way. But I'm sure you've given it to Google, you've given it to Apple. Yeah, but I'm, used, I'm using it for, I don't know. Yeah. Nothing's happened with that, but I don't know. Something about Twitter just doesn't sit well. Apple, I mean, you're comfortable with them having all your stuff? It's worked out fine so far. So far. So what does the competition think of this? I don't know. Let's see what Bezos has to say. I'm Jeff Bezos. My arch nemesis, Elon Musk, has a brilliant new scheme to charge Twitter users a fee to access the dystopian social media hellscape. He's taking a prime page out of Amazon's book see what I did there? And he wants you to pay to doom scroll. <laughs> Brilliant! But what's lost on little Elon is that when you pay for Amazon Prime, you actually get something in return. Free shipping! Or when you pay for Twitter, you get an ulcer and high blood pressure. <laughs> I mean, throw me a bone here, Elon. If I want to pay for Lauren Boebert to grab my attention, I'll just take her to the theater. And if I want a hot take from some liberal loser, I'll just go on threads. Now, quite frankly, I'm growing bored of musk mocking. It's just too easy. Almost as easy as deleting Twitter from your phone. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> you know, it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestag. Jill's out today. Hopefully be back by Monday. I think she will be. All right, so fake folk costumes that let uh, festival goers flaunt their bodies are degrading for Oktoberfest. Wait, what? Yeah, Bavarian princess claimed that the 72-year-old prince of Bavaria, Lutpold Einrich, whose great-grandfather was the last Bavarian king, said that cheaply made costumes from China turned the historic fest into a carnival of breasts. I'm down with that. Come on! When I see Chinese-made folk costumes made of plastic pseudo-costumes with tight dwindles... What's that? Dwindles. Dwindles? 
Durndles. Durndles. Then the whole thing becomes a carnival. Isn't that the whole idea? Yeah, it's it's, it's a drunk fest. You see big booby Oktoberfest waitresses in their... What about the short, short leader hosen that the men wear? That's right, you, 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 fun killer. All right, so anyway. Hashtag leader hosen. He said that on radio there in uh, German land, so... Oh, what's his big deal? I don't know. In one Such of the harassment is no joke, sweet cans. <laughs> in one of the most 21st century sounding stories this year, the Israeli defense minister announced yesterday that its all-new AI-powered tank I'm is sorry? Op- <laughs> its all-new AI-powered tank is oh, operational no. and being put into service. The tank is called a Barak. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. It's called a Barak and yeah. it's an AI tank? Yep. Oh no. This is the beginning of what? The end. I see. It's an AI tank. Okay. A robot tank? Yeah. Called the Barack. Now let me be clear. (laughs) I don't know. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, it's going to be used in operations for a while, though, uh, because the IDF is focusing on training its soldiers and how to use it. Uh, They will be used without soldiers for the moment, so... Yeah, used without soldiers for the moment, and then next thing you know, we'll never have anybody involved. And then it's just robot killing machines running rampant. We're trying to fight them off with sticks and stones. Wow, you really have a view of the future that I don't want to take part of. Well, I mean, look at it. Yeah. Nobody's developing an AI thing that, you know, does my bills for me or does any of that. They just take your jobs. So you're looking for like an AI candy striper, somebody actually doing good for the community? I just mean you could use it for better stuff than weapons and taking away people's jobs. That's what they use everything for. I suppose. None of it's for your benefit. That's the problem. South Florida man has been arrested for second degree arson and third degree grand theft after being accused of setting fire to a car that was owned by his ex-girlfriend. Oh. Melvin Citron was allegedly caught on a doorbell cam pouring gasoline on the car prior to lighting it. Uh, police determined the owner of the car was burnt up. Jag- the owner of the car was a burnt up Jaguar and listed Crichton, uh, Cintron, or whatever his name is. Sounds like a robot. Cintron has an emergency contact and also a relative of the victim. Wait, in- what? Yeah. In September, police made contact with the victim and found out that not only was he the boyfriend of the ex-girlfriend. He was actually a cousin. Uh, uh, A cousin? Yeah. Wait, so he's dating his cousin, then he lit her car on fire? When she broke up with him, yeah. Yikes. Uh, Yeah, he didn't think that being a cousin was a good enough excuse. Um, so, wait a second. They're focused on the burning of the car, not the fact this guy was dating his cousin? Right, because uh, she found out they were cousins. She broke it off. He got mad, pissed off, burnt her car. (laughs) Except that in the car, they found him as the emergency contact. Because, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I, uh, ugh. All right. Wow. Weren't they from humans? Could be from outer space. Yep. All right, Mexican doctors have found no evidence of any assembly or manipulation of the skulls of the so-called non-human beings that came from Peru that they're still fighting over now in Mexico. You know, I have been waiting for more of this stuff to come to come out, to come to light. Um, they yeah. look paper mache. 
They look stupid. They it look looks, paper mache. It looks like something you get at a gift shop at Universal. It's got E.T.'s head, and it's a... I don't know. The other thing I don't understand about this whole thing that I think it's fake is that the way these doctors in Mexico are handling this. Now, yeah, this I thing, need you to listen to it, because I don't speak Spanish. So I'm going to the... play it right now. Here, oh, okay, but, good, but wait, good. before I play it, I, got, I, got you to, I want you to understand the doctors, there's four of them, in this Health Research Institute in Mexico, they're all surrounding the table where this alleged... Extraterrestrial is that's been uncovered. I think they say how old was he? They're saying they're like at least a thousand years old. Okay, they were found in some mine in Peru. Now the Peruvian government's like, hey, who took our aliens? Exactly. So he's got these two mummified aliens. Um, they look like stone. They have the whole body, maybe about two feet tall. Um, again, the head looks like ET. But the thing is, is the arms and the legs are very look very brittle. But these guys are handling it. Which, yeah, I which blows. I don't get that. That's why I think it's fake because they're handling it. It could very easily fall. He could just with the slightest bend of his wrist break an arm off. If this thing indeed is a ter- extraterrestrial, is that old? Would you be handling it like that? I don't know, but it's also, I mean, different places do different stuff. No, I don't think so. I mean, anyway, are we just careful with artifacts and they just juggle them? No, I think they're from a gift shop and they don't care if it breaks. But anyway, here they are, the doctors. They did a computerized uh, optomography. I don't know what that yeah, is. I watched the videos, but I didn't understand what they were saying. Okay. So I didn't. The first study was a computerized tomography. The second study was a simple x-ray. And the third was a fluoroscopy study. In the three studies, we tried to see the structure of the skeleton of these bodies, and we were able to determine that it does indeed belong to a single skeleton. Yeah, they're all one piece. They don't look like they were manufactured or put together. That has not been joined to other pieces. Not built, not manufactured. One integral piece. Yeah, and they did an MRI, and um, that you got that. You got an internal looks like a skeleton of a human being but very small and it's got eggs in it it's got eggs in it it's got three eggs yep <gasps> look like eggs i mean i don't know what else they could they could be tumors i don't oh, know it looks no. like eggs but um yeah so there you go i mean i don't know what to think of this although <laughs> you look at them and you go fake it just looks fake but isn't that what these guys are trying to prove yeah, but they're in on it. I don't know. The whole thing is very strange. It's a lot of people to get to go along with your thing that would, I mean, you'd be clearly discredited. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm telling you, watch the video. If this were what they're claiming it is. Yeah, the handling, you're right. I don't think they, because he's picking it up and like, you know, holding the guy like he's a, you know, a high school art project. I'm like, set it down, man. It's a mummified alien. Yeah, I mean, you go to the Smithsonian, they won't let you touch the moon rock. The, but the, the, the rock that you can't break, but this thing is like, oh, swing it or hey, toss it to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how mummified they are. Is the skin tough on them or something? They look like they're rock, but at the same time, the arms are paper are thin. Well, maybe they are like fossilized in a way because you see those old trees. Now, you know the, the 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 redwoods that have been fossilized over time. They're a few thousand years old, and it's like the rock is turned to stone. Yeah, but I can I can tell you just by looking at it. If that thing falls on the floor, if one of them slips out of their hands or they twerk it the wrong way, the arms are going to snap right off. I don't. Know. <laughs> Can't we just get along?
Looking for an exciting new career? Then you could get a job as a Mexican alien certifier. Um, how's it work? It's easy. Repeat after me. That's an alien. Uh, that's an alien? Great, you did it. All you do is look at stuff and say, that's an alien. Let's try this loaf of bread. What is this? That's a loaf of... Uh-uh-uh. Try again. That's an alien? Nice. Now look in the mirror. What do you see? <sighs> an alien. You did it. Congratulations. So what are you waiting for? Come get a job saying things are aliens for the Mexican government. Your exciting new career saying things are aliens starts today. The Rick Stacy <laughs> Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. It still baffles me that they've become so popular. Streaming right now on 105.9 Sun. FM.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 